Manslaughterer. Manslaughterer. Vehicular manslaughter. Vehicular manslaughterer's day off. Oh. Oh. Woo! But let's give him a Tony. And let's give you guys the time of day, or time of death. It is precisely Friday, or maybe Thursday, on the third week of July in this year of our Lord 2019, and you're listening to the Big Damn Cast. My name is Christopher, there is a sleeping dog sat next to me, Johnson. My name is Matthew, and she in heat, boy! Watson. She is indeed. She's bad. It's frightening. It is frightening. My little baby girl has what can only be described as a tiny flesh beanbag between her legs, which is terrifying. Not, not the only way to describe it, though, was it, Chris? Swollen, you chose those words. Swollen dog you vagina? You chose those words. <laughs> which would you prefer? Neither. Okay. Well, neither something, would I. Something much more vague. I don't like... <laughs> I don't like the idea of my baby girl being ready for babies. I don't like the idea of you referring to your dog as your baby girl. Okay. Fam. <laughs> Furry fam. Um, <laughs> sounds like fan. Speaking of, um, noise cancelling um, as usual. But if you, if you hear a weird humming noise in the background, it's because there's a fan on. Because it's fucking hot boy. It's fucking hot boy. And you see people online talking about, oh, you know, people in Britain are moaning about the heat. Like, get over it. We have much more this, that, and the other. Over here in Spain, here in America. Yeah, we're a country without aircon. Yeah. So. Because we're not supposed to be this warm. Shut your traps. But do you know where else has been <sighs> This time of year, sweet baby Matthew. Literally everything. We're a pop culture podcast. Oh, um. <laughs> little thing called San Diego Comic Con? No. Well, yes. Oh. Um, ladies and gents, it is our annual, this will be the fourth Big Damn Cast. The annual. SDCC Trailer Buffet. We're going to be talking about all the trailers that came out of San Diego Comic Con. It's the Fantastic Fourth. Yes. No trailer for that though. Right. Um, Obviously yet. Well, there's, there, we have a D, we have a D twenty three and uh, an NYCC still to come. So We're I'm sure, I'm sure get... we'll get at least some info in regards. to I don't to think that. we'll get any more on FF this year, but we'll get to that. Will we? We yeah. will. Yes, but first we have to wade through some other things. <laughs> oh, good lord. Let's just get into it. Oh, I thought you were going to make a joke about my dog's vagina. No, good. No, Thank Christ. Not. I, mm, 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 I did not fuck my cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it was it Lindsay Ellis who retweeted <laughs> that Shane Dawson tweet with an image from the cat's trailer? Yep, brilliant. Uh, oh, good. So Lord. yeah, the cat's trailer. Yeah, not strictly speaking, an SDCC. Trailer, although it did drop on the on the on the same day as the first day of the show. It was the Thursday because um, it was going to be dropped on the Friday, and then for some reason they brought it out on the Thursday. I guess they didn't. I guess they thought they predicted correctly, as it turns out, <laughs> that there would be some crossover uh, between other news, between pop culture Twitter and film film crit Twitter. And um, yeah, I still think Cats is the most talked about thing to come out of the Comic Con weekend mm. as of the following Wednesday when we're recording this. Cats is the thing that people are still talking about. For reasons they would never have anticipated. Morbid, morbid fascination, I think. Yeah. Disbelief. 
Yeah. Um, this, reason, uh, this December, you will feel disbelief. The same reason that people are still, you know, t- will still be talking about Boris Johnson being Prime Minister of the United Kingdom in about three months' time. Mm. Um, if he lasts that long. Um, because <laughs> it's just, you have to keep saying it to remember that, oh shit, this is actually happening. This is a real fuck, thing. Fuck. No, what have we done? We we have crossed the line. Your scientists mor- were so preoccupied whether not they could, they didn't stop to think whether or not they should. The the event horizon of morality and decency has been well and truly crossed. <laughs> um, the cat's movie looks horrifying. <laughs> um, listen, I've got friends... Say how you feel, Matt. I've seen cats, like yeah. the stage show. I've I've have friends who have been in cats. Yeah. I know people who've yeah. been in various productions of cats. I don't want to take a shit on it. Take a shit on it, please. But that musical fucking sucks. Like I don't I don't know, that's like a cool uh, I'm really clever, so I'm gonna take a dump on cats because I'm intellectual. <laughs> it's intellectual perfect. No, I just don't like the musical. Like it it's nonsense it takes, and I don't like the song. It takes a lot of talent to do. Like it's an actual it's an absolute tour de force for a dancer. Like it it's hmm. a it's a real um a, a design, costuming, um yeah, the vocal yeah. range of the performers, the variety of when it comes to the named characters, yeah. the variety of personalities on stage. It's a real is... showcase for a triple threat performer because yes. they have you have to be a great actor, singer and dancer to sell um cats. Because the script, because the script shit. Um, well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, 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 it's it, people polish it so well, but it is yeah. still a turd. Yeah, I'm on the so, same. I'm on the same. Not to say, I'm not the same, same boat as you the, are. From the talent of people who, who have, you know, been in Cats and so, but I don't like the show at all. I saw Adam's Family a couple of years ago. It was a very well together, well, very well put together production. It looked great. The performances were fantastic, but that script is piss. Like it's yeah. it's piss. Wicked. I think the script for Wicked is piss. Some great songs. In there. Some great songs. Some kind of uh, songs. I don't think the show holds together as a whole better than Cats does, though. True, but it's also one of those like, I came away from it going, what have I got from that? Apart you... from going, oh, those those songs were really cool. You remember the plot of Cats, right? What plot, Matt? <laughs> it's... It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the jellical ball. It's... Let's see, uh, let's see what I can remember, because I was okay. taken to see Cats it's, twice. It's, it's simpler than you might think. And uh, my, my fascination with theatre that started when I was young was nurtured a little bit by my granddad owning the VHS movie, which was the filmed concert Yeah, on VHS, which was great. Like, that was like, if you want to see Cats, don't buy a ticket, buy this video. This is really well shot and has, like, the definitive cast in it. Enjoy. There you go. But as I got older, I was like, what the fuck is that about? I had to see it twice. I just... All I recall is that it's the night of the Jellicle Ball and the cats gather and they pay homage to one cat called Old Deuteronomy who's been played by loads of actors over the years. So one of the most notable ones, Brian Blessed, which I think would have been hilarious to see. And this is Judy Dench. And this is Judy Dench. Um, And it's weird that the internet aren't getting kicking up a fuss about that, isn't it? The people who get angry about gender bending and casting aren't angry about this. It's almost as if they're just targeting the people that they wish they could fuck. Uh, anyway. Um, insults! But the point is... <laughs> um, see, if she'd been played by Brie Larson, they would have been kicking up a oh, stink. Oh, they would have hated that. But she'd been played by Judy Dench. And if no anything, it's insulting that you don't want to fuck Judy Dench. Incels, get, get it together. She's a distinguished, beautiful woman. 
who's wearing the flesh of another cat don't, over the top of her flesh. Don't think about um, it. No one else did. So it's the Jellicle Ball. They all get together to pay homage to this cat and that's it for the plot. Like at one point they're all a bit scared because a cat who's apparently a bastard called McCavity might be there. Oh, and no, we, the audience, no. see McCavity a couple of times. No, the plot of Cats is <laughs> old Jeeves Runby comes along and he's like, yo, my, my brethren, at the end of tonight, I'm going to choose one of you mm. to die. What? And ascend to the heavy side layer and begin a new life. Wait. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and then more or less every song after that is like, this is this cat, and this is this pair of cats, and this is this cat. These this guys dance. These do. This guy yes. does magic. This is this is Rumpelteaser and Mungo Jerry. This is Skimbleshanks a Railway Cat. This is uh, Magical Miss Mistopheles. Is Gus and... the Theatre Cat in the show? Yeah. I was confused when they said that McKellen was playing Gus the Theatre Cat. I was like, is that a cat? Yeah, from the... yeah, Because Cats was originally a book of poetry. It's, um... T.S. It's T.S. Eliot. Eliot. But the, it's, it's something like called... the Jellicle something of whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, yeah. it's about, it's, it's just a book of poems about cats, which in itself is like, that's fucking cute. Yeah. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber does what Andrew Lloyd Webber does best, which is steal other shit. Puts it to music. And put it to music. Um, and everyone gives him the credit. But, um, well, it's, it's credited as the Andrew Lloyd Webber and T.S. Eliot musical. Hmm. Uh, not sure about that. Uh, <laughs> Not sure Andrew Lloyd like... flew out last minute overseas uh, to vote against people's don't. rights, Weber. Don't. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes a lot of money off you, probably. Um, so, <laughs> me personally, in only a couple of instances, when I've had to buy Phantom-related things yeah, for my wife, well, who loves that musical, um, I will force her to watch the Universal I, horror he, movie again he, and again until eventually like she... Phantom. I know, but right. I wanted to watch it again and again to the point she goes, yeah, no, that's the Phantom of the Opera. I like Phantom. I like... Uh... <laughs> There's some nice stuff in it. I like Phantom. Um, <laughs> the, the version in the West End is great because it, 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 it very much belongs in that theatre. Yeah. The staging but it, but, the, but Cats is the same. It's like, it's a theatre show. Mm. And the reason it works is because it's a theatre show. And you're you like, oh understand. shit, look at these performances. Yeah. These are really cool. You understand that it is people in cat costumes mm. doing that on stage. Yeah. You don't need CGI'd people who look like person-cat hybrids. Semi-CGI. They don't have cat noses. That's the big thing. They talk about... They also have human physiques, which is like, yeah, of course they do in the stage because people are going like, well, they've got tits. And others, the people who are fighting on the side of the film are saying, look, well, they do that in the show. Like, why is that a problem now? Why have you never had a problem with it before? It's like, here's the thing. We were talking about this before we recorded today. Like, the Uncanny Valley is gaping in this trailer. Like, it is that feeling of unease at something that looks like it's human but is not quite. It looks horrifying. One of the reasons, I believe, is because this digital cat fur technology, as they refer to it in the the behind-the-scenes video that came out before the trailer, isn't a full-on performance capture technique. Um, If it was performance capture, these guys could look like creatures. And we could see elements of the actor in their facial features if they wanted to do that. Yeah. I mean, Cats was going to be adapted into a film in the early 90s by Spielberg as an animated movie. That would make more sense. That would have made way more sense. Um, hand-drawn, hand-drawn animation with CGI um, locations. That might actually have been nice. That would have been like, oh, that's cool. There's a version of Cats that you can show the kids. But like, if these guys looked like they were in the theatrical costumes, like a movie budget version of the theatrical costumes... We wouldn't have this, this, um, this sort of weird feeling that we wouldn't get that sort of uh, disassociation from reality. It feels so uncomfortable because we'd be like, 
oh cool they're in costumes that's nice and a couple of the characters look like they're more like that Jason Derulo's yeah. Rum Tugger looks more like a costume yes James <laughs> Corden's um whatever the fuck he's playing uh, Buster for Jones oh god yeah um he looks like aside from his floating CGI head oh, in the first shot of him in the trailer where he's got a coat and a hat on looks yeah. like he's in a costume uh, Judy Dench for the most part looks like she's in a costume so that doesn't feel weird but it's little things like you say it's the lack of cat nose and the human face so that your brain tells you that's a person yeah. but that person has a flat head like where their ears should be well of course they've got cat ears yeah we have cat ears in the show but in the show they also have fur on the side of their head where the human ears and their hair live yeah so our brains that little part of our brain that acknowledges that's a person in a costume yeah is like oh because, fine because like the, way, the way when you this, watch a T-Rex in Jurassic Park yeah. you don't go oh my god it's a T-Rex like you go oh my god that looks amazing and I believe it's a T-Rex whereas a very small part of your subconscious, subconscious is like it's a puppet and this is how they do it and this is amazing and it's sort of the two parts of yeah. that, the two parts of your brain where you are blown away and convinced and where you are in awe of the technique meet together that's what you want to. that's the result you want and these this falls short of both of those. It's too weird. Like if they, like you said, if they had cat noses and their faces looked more like cats, it wouldn't be as weird. But then they wouldn't be able to sell it on the the, the idea of it's Idris Elba as Macavity. Well, Jason Derulo as Rum Tum Tugger. Circus and Favreau's Jungle Books did a similar thing by just hamming up the names. Yeah, but this is a film directed by Tom Hooper who has no flair or style whatsoever, <clears throat> but still managed to win a Best Director Oscar for The King's Speech because Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And they decided to give him fucking Les Miserables. I don't... Which was... Actually, I've not actually sat through the whole thing. I don't... it's drab I don't dull. hate it, but I think that's because I like, as weird as it sounds again, and it's what a lot of these films bank on, the casting. Mm. The casting blo- like blew me away in a few places. Like and, um, Russell Crowe is heavily miscast as Javert. Russell Crowe can sing, but he has a rock voice exclusively. Yeah. And like he doesn't. There is have a place that for that in musicals. Javert is not it. Yeah, Javert is fucking not it. No. Um, Hathaway, I liked the, the the media buzz around it all blows it out of proportion. But like, it's a damn good performance. Mm. Jackman is of course great in it. The highlight he is a song and dance man. He freaking like, is. He is. He is a leading musical man. So he brings that music. Star. He brings that musical flair into this more realistically paced and sort of framed version of that musical. It mm-hmm. works well for that. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen and Hannah Bon Carter as the Tenardiers are great. It's like, of course, of course, these two. Why have these two not played this part? This seems right. You know, what I mean, it's it's the fan casting thing works. It's a big reason why Lion King has done well because the fan casting element of it is what's appealed to people. Um, no, and apparently it is actually fairly good because it is The Lion King again. <clears throat> yeah. So, but, like, how bad can it really be? Well, Can You Feel the Love Tonight takes place during the day. Do you know why? Because they have to use the natural lighting of the world that it's set in. They can't, like, light it unnaturally. So for you to see all those sequences, it takes place during the day. The song's called Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Ca- carry can on, you feel Chris. the love please. tonight? I can't do this Rafiki right now. doesn't have his stick. I'm sorry I said the anything. The one that he literally hits Simba I'm over sorry. the head with. I'm sorry I mentioned it. big lesson. I'm sorry. But then apparently before the end confrontation, he grabs his stick as though it's a thing we've seen in this film before and Just, goes, ah, my old friend. Which only works if you're familiar with the original. I'm sorry I mentioned it now. At one point, Timon sings Be Our Guest. So these realistic 
animals are aware of popular culture from the future. Let's talk about unrealistic animals again. <sighs> Please, for the love of God. Do you want to see my phone wallpaper, Matt? N- uh, yes, I've seen it. It's it's horrifying. James Corden's disembodied face. It's horrifying. Taken from the moment in the trailer, just after he spits <laughs> in someone's face. Uh, also, how big are the cats supposed to be? Well, nobody Rebel knows. Wilson, Rebel Wilson's cat, who is nothing, who, is I, who I know, I think is Jenny Anidots. Yeah, Jenny Anidots. But I'm going to refer to her as Rebel Wilson cat Rebel. because they've clearly just gone. Do your thing. Do the Rebel Wilson thing. <laughs> Um, Rebel Wilson is one of those performers who I think is really good, but it's getting to the point where I don't want her to be in things anymore. Like McCarthy. Because, yeah, because people are putting them in things that are too much like the things they've already done. It's... And it looks like that's all they It's do. what Hollywood does with, with <clears throat> uh, women who are not slim. Yeah. Because like, they think they can only do one thing. You the funny lady? We're going to put you back in the funny lady role. Do the funny lady yeah. thing. But she puts her hand in a mousetrap that is... Too big for the mice that would be mice to those cats, and yet too small to be a mouse. Trap. Too small to be a mouse trap, but at the same time, the candles next to it are human-sized candles. If the cats were human proportion, and there's also the white cat with the knife and fork. Yes, which are which... like the size of her. And then they're on the bed tearing up pillows, and they're like the size of toddlers. I, I, doesn't matter. It's just... It makes no sense. None of this makes any sense. fucking creepy this, shot of them in Trafalgar Square at the this end. This is a musical in which cats take turns introducing each other so one of them can go to heaven. I... Ugh. And, that, and then they don't like Grizabella, but she gets to go to heaven because... Right, who's playing Grizabella? Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. Right, so, Jennifer Hudson, vocal powerhouse, phenomenal performer, really good actor from what I recall of what I've seen her in as an actor. Great. Brilliant. I really don't like that rendition. No, I feel like she's overselling memory. Yeah. Which is weird, because that is the most popular song from that show that has outlived that show, and it's the breakout hit. And it sounds really forced. It's a bit aggressive. Yeah. They also, as weird as it sounds, they could have aged her a bit. Yeah, she looks really young. Grizabella is meant to have fucking burnt out. Yeah. yeah. Like, lived a damn life. And... <laughs> Idris Elba looks like he's in a completely different production. McCavity looks more like a costume. Yeah. So he doesn't stand out uh, as odd looking. Well, he should but look he stands out because, because unlike the rest, he just is, looks like he's a physical costume. There is no cat like McCavity. Oh, God. He's a mystery cat. They're called a the hidden paw. <laughs> <laughs> he may or may not be the devil. Yeah. Yeah, because in the show, pre- in the show, you never see him like full on. He's always underlit, and he's got glowing red yeah. eyes. And he pretends to be old Deuteronomy at one point. Yeah, just we know too much about cats, Chris. This is what had, just... we've had to absorb. <laughs> this it, is what why. I've learned about us today. Oh my um, god! Let's talk about something. I'm so sorry that the thumbnail isn't cats. Let's talk about something. I worked too hard on the thumbnail that is the thumbnail to go back and put a cat in it. Let's talk about something slightly <laughs> less terrifying. <laughs> Talk about something slightly less terrifying that is more in our wheelhouse that we're actually looking forward to. Oh, cool. So something not as scary as cats. Yeah. Cool. It Chapter 2. Great. <laughs> this looks great. What this do you want to amazing. say about it? It looks, it looks amazing. like a really good um, uh, ex- expo- um, extrapolation of what was so great about Chapter 1. <laughs> Bill Skaggard, you were really creepy and weird in that first one. Do you want to be uh, creepier and, and weirder? Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, um, really, just a great cast. Everyone looks the part. 
Um, really excited to see Bill Hader in this because I yeah. watched a little bit of Barry recently. Yeah, you dived into Barry. I the world cannot of Barry. carry on. It is so crushingly sad. Mm. Well, because when I first in such heard, a real way, when I first heard the premise of Barry, it's, like, it's about an assassin. I was like. Oh, that's already kind of quirky. Like, yeah. Casting Bill Hader as an assassin is quite a funny process. Already. And it is funny. And, and it's then when I watched them talk about it in an interview that was like, why are they talking about like acting classes? What the hell are they talking about? Yeah. And that's what I read into it. It was like, oh, yeah. it's about an assassin who retires from that. No, he to, tr- keeps trying, trying to, to retire from being an assassin. To become an actor. So he can become an actor. But the interview, I think it was an interview on Conan and, and stuff like where they talk about like, it, it is, and, and you reaffirmed this last night when you were tweeting about it, like, it is depressingly close to real auditions. I, 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 uh, my girlfriend was watching it and I had to about three episodes I had to go upstairs and do something else. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, just, I can't be in here. I can't I, be in I, here. I just couldn't handle it. It was just <laughs> crushing. The same reason that after watching one episode of W1A I was like, I'm glad this exists. Yeah. This is what television is like at the so, BBC sometimes. I, I can't watch this anymore because I will just get depressed. Yeah. I don't know if I can go back to it <laughs> Because it is just so crushing. But it is brilliant. Hayden's Hayden's comedy drama chops are being... He's amazing. He is fucking incredible in it. Also, Henry Henry Winkler. Winkler. (laughs) Fucking incredible. Just... This one scene... I'm glad we're in the the Winkler renaissance. I'm talking about Barry for fuck's sake. That's fine. It's relevant to the trailer. This is not going to be a short podcast. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um... I'm sorry. Do it. Hit um, me with Barry. There's a there, there's a whole thing because he's the acting teacher, and he's like an old he's like a sort of household name, and he he kind of he was a star. He's not playing himself. He's not he's sort of playing a version of himself, it, it, but it, not it's really. That, it's that the casting of Henry Winkler in itself is a bit of a visual yeah. shortcut for the character. But he's not. Re- he's playing. He's but not he, he's really also playing bringing... a version of himself, but he's bringing a sort of his own. Yeah. There's um. He's got to teach him and he's, and, you know, he's full of piss and vinegar and he's getting in people's faces and he's, you know, he's got this, you know, inspiring, uh, how to act book yeah. that's, uh, and everything. And then he's, but then there's one scene in a few episodes in where he goes for an audition and it's for a TV cast and it's, it's for a man in the back of the queue and he's very polite. Yeah. And he, you know, does his thing and it's like, oh, hey, good to see you. He knows the casting people because he comes to read from all the time and he goes in and he's like, he does two different versions of the one line he's reading for. And you can just see the sort of resignation and just sadness in him. Yeah. That, that this is what he's doing now. Yeah. Just be- just before he walks out. And it takes an actor like, like Winkler to... Because, again, I think people overlook him a bit because of the Fonz. But he is actually an incredibly talented performer. It's like people appreciate... Yeah, people yeah. appreciate... Happy Days and the Funds and that legacy and what and he does it, for them, but they forget that that is also a performer who should be given more stuff to do, not, also, just, not just, oh, that was great, cheers. There's a thing that people who, that a lot of people who aren't actors or don't know actors don't always realise is that a lot of the best dramatic performers are incredible comedians mm. because oh, yeah. there's so much of a, of a correlation. Between what makes comedy work, ideal example, and, Robin Williams, yes, and manipulating yeah. people's emotions, which mm. is what can really create fucking. Um, so the script to screen have been doing that. They do their, their little videos a lot. Do yeah. a lot on Facebook where they will show the script 
side by side with like an iconic scene. Mm. And they did one not too long ago with the gunhill hunting scene. Yeah. With him and Matt Damon. The and the end, scene. Yeah, yeah. And just watching that and it's just it's just a masterclass. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's a digression. Looking forward to Bill Hader in it, chapter two. Looking forward to it, chapter two. Looks creepy. Uh, we see deadlights. We see deadlights, what looks like um, the nest where the eggs are. What looks like pre-Pennywise Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. Like, so it's, so it's either got... the man that he bases Pennywise off of well, or the creature's sort of like evolution into that form. You see a shot of, of a trapdoor closed in the woods. So... What we're probably gonna get is we're probably gonna get the the um, mm. the smokehouse yes. vision that the kids. I don't think they're gonna do it with the kids because with the, it with the adults, and it looks like it looks like Mike is the yeah. one because Mike's falling in that uh, yeah. that that thingy corridor. That's that's so um, what you do. So for those of you who don't know the book, what happens in the book is that the kids do a, like a sort of. They get high. Yeah, they hotbox. It's, it's a bit of like sort of Native American cultural appropriation in the, in the book. To a degree, which is—I don't think is necessarily—it's—it's um, it's not taken as like a, we're going to do what the Indians yeah, do. It comes, it's taken it as a, we, need, we yeah. need to do something ancient and American soil-based so we can look into like the past. It might come across as insensitive to modern readers, but it's, it's not the only thing in that book that will come across as insensitive to modern readers. So don't worry about it. Sewer um, um But what happens basically? <laughs> the, the kids have like a—they sm- smoke out their sort of like den in the woods, Ooh. and. Have this sort of vision of it mm. like coming to well, earth for the first Bill time. Bill sort of primarily yeah. has it, doesn't it? And get a sense of its origins and mm. stuff. Because there's a lot more weird cosmic shit in the which book. it looks like we're yeah, dipping it looks into. Like we're going to dip into some of that, which we kind of you kind of have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got nowhere to go. Like your first, if you wanted your horror film with a bunch of kids fighting a monster, that was chapter one. Yeah. If you want, the... if you want your adaptation of the freakier side of this book. Here's chapter two. Because that's that's what the kind of the problem with the Tim Curry version is that they don't go crazier when they come back as adults. Yeah, if they don't go with, they just have a you, big you, giant spider. You get not. you get the feeling that it was a, a they looked at their budget and went, well, we won't be able to achieve that, and then settled instead of writing around it. Yeah, not but not even a budget thing. It was like not even like we can't afford to achieve that. But how do we actually do that? Yeah. On film, um, I like the nod to the spider in the first film, though. Oh, where I his think... arms turn to big old spidery pincers. I think well, they were mentioning them... some kind of big creature. It's alluded to. Sure. It's alluded in the book. I don't think this. I don't think he says spider outright, but he talks about they see a form that they can. Yes, that they He's can n- conceive. Yeah, it's the closest thing to something that they can understand. Yeah, so Lovecraftian levels. It, of yeah, it's, it's Lovecraft. It's, it's eldritch abomination territory. So, so I don't. I don't hate. Mutant spider as a concept, and I think they were they they were nodding to it in the first one when his arms turn into like spider legs. I'd like it to be one of those things though where you don't see all of it. Yeah, like you never really get a clear. Look or we at kind it. of see a different thing from everyone's perspective. Maybe mm-hmm. like it's all slightly different. And also, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but one of the kids is missing. The adult sections. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, kind of weird that like yeah. they don't focus on Stanley at mm. all in the trailer. I what that could possibly be about for mm. those of you who haven't never read, read the book or, or don't have any exposure to the Tim Curry miniseries. Do watch the Tim Curry miniseries ahead of this. I'd say. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not because this will be a. This will guaranteed. However, they pull it off. This will be a better telling. It will blow its fucking socks off. But. 
any excuse to encourage people to check out the TV miniseries, I will take. It is. Because there is some wonderful... There's some stuff that's aged terribly and is hilariously yeah. cheesy. There is some stuff that is like, oh, that was cool. Like little moments you go, oh, that was all right. Oh, that was nice. And then there are bits that are legitimately to this day really funny, really cheesy or really scary on purpose yeah. that work really well. It's. I it's... mean, the, the Chinese the Chinese table, Chinese dinner table bit yeah. is freaky. It's a great scene in the, the book as well and it the, looks like we're getting a good version of The fridge. Fridge. Like, yeah. th- like that's... Let's see who we've got here tonight. Yeah, it's like, like, that in fact, is the great. whole fucking segment when they go back to the library after the, mm. after the Chinese restaurant is fucking great. Excuse me! Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do? Well, you better let the poor guy out! <laughs> Can you imagine Bill Skarsgård doing that in his weird, creepy Bill Skarsgård voice? <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? Um, uh, that Tim Curry toy I've got over there, by the way, comes with a spare laughing head. Oh. And one of his hands is that, and it's got a noisemaker. Brilliant. So I've always... The, the head's hard to pop in, though, because the, the sculpt is just a little bit too hard to push it in without risking the neck. Mm. So I need to, like, do some of that hot water shit to soften the plastic. But I want to do that, give him the noisemaker, and have him sat on the edge or something, just going... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, hot away. water shit. Love it. Hot water shit. Hot oh, yeah. water shit. Sewer water shit. For 27 years. It looks like we're getting a, a proper adaptation of the... Um... For, again, for those who've read the book, the uh, Don Haggerty, Adrian Mellon section of the, yeah. of, the, of the book. The opening of the book. The, the, the murder of Adrian Mellon by... Um, well, it's... it's uh, He gets savaged by a group of homophobic thugs and then mm. his, his boyfriend has to watch in horror as Pennywise pulls his body from the river and uh, consumes him. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great... So, in, the, in the book, it's like a, you get it from the different characters' perspectives. You yeah. saw it in the police being like... Um, it's freaking it looks like we're getting a version we, we, we knew because we, some, the casting had been announced for Adrian Mellon and also it's the present day um, portion of the story yeah it's what it's the first thing so that really it, kicks it would, off it would be the it would be the the, the done thing it's also interesting because yeah. of course like the last one was set in the 80s because they moved it from the 50s to the 80s so it means that we're now going to be experiencing it in pretty much present day mm. which is going to be an odd thing we're watching an it adaptation set now but of course so how are how they the going to incorporate a, that into the world like uh, the idea of a, cell phones and stuff are part of that world now yeah it's gonna be interesting to see well, how they approach that i think i think the 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 other part of that is that it's horrifying that you can still have a believable assault which leads to the death of a young gay man in an american town in 2019 yeah i mean that is genuine for that horror. to still be believable is like oh fuck what kind of world are we living in yeah so there is that um oh gosh star trek picard I don't remember that scene in um, Star Trek Picard's CBS, uh, All Access in the States, Amazon Prime over here, which is weird because Netflix, Netflix have, have Star Trek Discovery. Discovery. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Um, if you're a Star Trek fan, for this, you're dropping a minimum of 160 quid a year to watch these two shows if you pay for your service in one go. Well, it depends how long Star Trek Discovery runs for. True. Because you can just like have... Two months. Wait until it's all been on, and then buy a box set. Get, get, and they inevitably release it. Oh no! Just, always just get Netflix for a month. Yeah, true. watch all of it once it's been on, and then cancel it. Very true. I I have de- I am I have debated on many times, like just letting my Netflix slide and then just picking it up again when I want to watch something. Problem is, you have to create a million email addresses. No, you just restart. You just resub. Oh really? And oh, then okay. stop auto renewing. Oh, still on the same account. Yeah. I thought you meant just like go for a month free trial each time. No, no, no. I'm trying to convince like, my dad to do that because like his stepmom, like, like watch a lot of TV, but they they don't want to do the Netflix yeah, thing. Yeah. But they've got a Blu-ray player, 
and a Virgin Box with Netflix as an option in both. So I'm like, do a month's free trial. Just yeah. give it a try. Like the only reason they haven't done it is because they've never done it before. I'm like, get on there, watch all three seasons of Lemony Snicket, cancel your trial, and have a think about it. I can see myself alternating Disney Plus and Netflix when that comes out. We're definitely getting Disney Plus, aren't we? It's I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to for reasons which we'll, we'll get, get to later. It. But yeah, Satchel Picard looks. It's a sequel to Next Generation. Picard is all Although retired. They made, they made a big point at the panel. So I watched some of the panel. They made yep. a big point at the panel of saying it's not. Don't come into it thinking you can watch, say, like Next Generation before and like box set it, and then watch Picard. Like it's 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 its own beast. Yeah. But knowing that show is going to be a big bonus to you getting where he is, why he what well, what he's gone through, and also getting those sweet sweet Easter eggs and, and well, appearances. You're also going to probably need to watch Star Trek Nemesis, unfortunately, because it's awful. Uh, but I also but that's it is the, the last. That's canonically the last Star Trek. I think, I'm not sure how it lines up, but it's either Nemesis or the last season of Voyager is canonically the furthest in the ma- in the main original timeline that we've seen. Yeah, because yeah, even, the, even the next-gen scenes at the end of Enterprise are set sort of during the last series yeah. of, of next-gen, aren't they, around about that time? So. And um, I know Star Trek Online has taken it further because in Star Trek XI... The, the first J.J. Abrams one, which creates the Kelvin timeline, Spock tries... Nerd! You just wait. <laughs> Spock tries to stop the destruction of Romulus and fails. Yeah. Which is what leads um, Nero and his crew to destroy Vulcan mm-hmm. in the past. Um, because they become refugees from a, a Romulus that was and I know that they've picked up on the idea of post Romulus like what what happens to the Romulans after the destruction of Romulus mm. in Star Trek Online which I keep meaning to fucking get around to but good luck getting me to play anything other than Warframe <laughs> when I boot my PS4 just I think just at this point I think at this point when you click your PS4 controller button the console goes it just boots you straight to what Warframe it, 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 <laughs> it just immediately goes I just have the facial recognition on with my camera mod, and he's just like, oh shit, oh, just boot straight, we'll, we'll, we'll frame straight. Um, Here we go, boys. He's back. Great, boy. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do keep meaning to play Star Trek Online. So I think this will be interesting because we've not seen this period in the Star Trek timeline so far. In the same way that, I don't know, in the same way that um, in Star Wars we haven't really seen much of between Return of the Jedi and beginning of Force Awakens. Aside from Marvel. We've got a couple, a few of the novels um, which like cover the five year period after Return up to the Battle of Jakku. Mm-hmm. Um, the Poe Dameron comics cover like the, the couple of months immediately before, before Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Um, but that's something that came out actually slightly before Comic Con is that Marvel are doing a um, Knights of Ren um, yeah, which is series, canonical and will lead up to the release to, of um, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. It's going to explain, it's going to dive into the Knights of Ren and their yeah. creation and Which founding. says to me that they're not going to play as big a part in the film that everyone's assuming they are. No, they're going to be more a footnote. Red Stormtroopers instead. Oh, fucking um, Sith Troopers. Um, but we'll have more Star Wars to talk about, but not in this episode. Not today. Probably, probably at D3 um, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> So yeah, this is a, like a time period of the Star Star Trek universe that's not really been explored. So that's interesting. 
Data in um, a draw. Data in a draw. Data is in a draw. It seven of data. nines there. Seven so of nines probably... there, which made me and my inner teenage fanboy very yeah, happy. You should probably watch some Voyager. Uh, Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis have both confirmed that they are returning as Riker and Deanna Troy. Um, uh, the Borg. The Borg seem to play, play a heavy part. I, the, the the general consensus from what I've seen around is that the girl who Picard wants to protect yeah. has something which, to do which, with which, the Borg. Which gave me very Logan vibes. Super Logan vibes. Yeah. Um... Like aside from the casting of Patrick Stewart in yeah. both of those both projects, it was like the whole retiree away from all of this, yeah. finally made a life, young girl, and also something to do because obviously he's got history. Like he's, he's got history he was Locutus of Borg. Yeah, he's got a, in one of the greatest cliffhangers in television history. And also because they contact. made you wait between fucking seasons first to find out is... what happened. They ended a season with part one, and they opened the next year with part two. It's pretty great. Oh god, Next Gen's amazing. Um, and also, First, First Contact, Contact is yeah. a pretty great Star Trek movie. Yeah. It's the best Next Generation movie. Yeah. And I think it's probably... I have a soft spot for Generations, not because it's good, but there's Generations just something about it that I like. Fine. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I, I think I just like the whole idea of fine. like, how do we write Kirk into this? He's just fucking here. Yeah. He's just here, I guess. Chopping wood. Okay, Star Trek movies. Here we go. Star Trek 1, not seen it. Star Trek 2, pretty damn good. Star Trek 3, Fine. Star Trek 4, goofy. Fine. Star Trek 5, burn. Star Trek 6, pretty great. Generations. Wait, 6 is 6. There'll be whales here. No, that's 4. That's 4. It's 4 is. Four, yeah, it's campy, but it's not. It's alright. It's fine. Uh, it's Spock, where they go back Spock in time to save the whales. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Generations, fine. First Contact, fucking great. great. Might be my favourite. Insurrection, fine. Nemesis, Awful, awful, but a wonderful time capsule for millennials and people born in the eighties and nineties because you get to see pre-buff Tom Hardy yeah, yeah. in a leading role as the villain yeah. of a major franchise. Yeah, um, like before Bronson in two thousand five, two thousand six, which finally sort massive, of kicked, yeah. kicks him into like stardom. Uh, Star Trek, Star Trek, eleven, uh, <laughs> pretty good, pretty great. Into Darkness, fucking nonsense, garbage. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. Overlooked. Really good. Yeah, I really like it. Really good. Um, But yes, uh, Star Trek Picard, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Give me more Picard. Like, give me me the Picard that I've so desperately desired up to this point. And you have Um, desired him. (laughs) That beautiful man. Yeah. And is that Data or Law or someone else at the end? Don't know. Don't know. Brent Spiner. Spiner under a lot of makeup. Yeah, because he's not. Because everyone else, everyone else is allowed to look their age. He's not. He has he's to an look android. like at least. But his late nineties TNG movies data. Yeah, like he's got a chunkier face. Yeah, but as I'm saying, I wonder if it's like a, they used a slight padding thing within the prosthetic, and then they've maybe. Yeah, I don't know. They they can make it work. If Crichton's head can change every series, I'm pretty mm. sure Data could have a slightly different face. Do you think? <laughs> Question: Do you think we'll actually get data back, or will data be like a hollow deck slash inner conscience for Picard? I think and prefer the latter. I think I prefer the latter because then it means more data, more data. Yeah, instead of we getting back at some point because in the series. that original date, I don't think that is data's original body in the drawer. No, because he gets blown the fuck up at the end of Nemesis. Mm-hmm. So it's like a new one, maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe you just build him. He's just in part of the ship. 
But it could also, about. It could also be law. Yeah. Or there, I think there might be other data. Law needs law needed more of a visual telltale sign, like a twirly mustache or something. Yeah, a sweet hat and something. An eye patch. A sweet hat. <laughs> Give Laura a sweet hat. Yeah. Um, What's next, big boy? Top Gun. Ah, uh, never mind. What's Maverick. after that? <laughs> okay. Top Gun okay. Maverick. It looks fine. It looks Tom Cruise hasn't aged. Jets. Some impressive flight sequences. They really want you to know that he's he's flying the plane. Do you like planes? Yeah, they're right. Pretty cool. Top Gun. Cool. Maverick. Maverick. Ah. Val Kilmer's in it, maybe. Tom Cruise, to his credit, rocked up to Comic Con because that was that was like the big one on the opening night on Thursday night, wasn't it? it was yeah. It was, Top Gun and it sort of dominated that first night in terms of junkets and interviews. On Kelly Top McGillis Just. isn't in it because women aren't allowed to look their age in Hollywood. Oh, Christ, in, in, in a Tom Cruise film. In a Tom Cruise film. In a Tom Cruise movie. Any Anyone else being the star of it, I'm pretty sure she would have been totally in it. Mm. But there is that weird Scientology angle to the whole thing. Of mm. Like, no, 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 your role is done now. Like, this is this, that, and the other. Um, uh, but it's, uh, we won't get to that. But the point is, like... Tom Cruise, to his credit, rocked up to Comic-Con. Surprise appearance at the panel to come out and present the trailer. It was like, oh shit! Tom Cruise at Comic-Con. This is weirdly something I feel we should have seen before, but I don't think we ever have. Okay. Fair. In an alternate reality, he's there every year as Tony Stark. Because <laughs> he was the first person in the studio Paramount approached for the role. Yes. And John Favreau went, actually... Actually... Can I get this drugged up dude who was last seen chasing a stick in a courtroom <laughs> in... Um, Freaking that Tim Allen movie. I don't know. It's a big risk. <laughs> Can't remember what it's called now. You know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? The dog's brain swaps places with people and stuff. At one point, it's RDJ. <laughs> Some of the most impressive wire work you'll ever see as he leaps to the courtroom on all fours after a bone. Some of the most impressive wire work you'll ever see. They actually kept him vertical for the entire shoot. Oh, uh, he was sober at this point. Okay, ish. Um, sober enough to get roles, but not sober enough to get good roles. Well, um. We love you, RDJ. Please, yeah. Please don't sue us. If anything, we'd like to get a pint with you. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> what, you can't have a pint with Robert Downey Jr.? No, we can have a pint. And he can buy That's the pint. just cruel. Not at all. He can um, have a pint of delicious cranberry juice whilst we watch Top Gun Maverick. Speaking of Out cru- in theatres at some point. Speaking of cruelty. Oh? HBO's Watchmen series. Yeah. Police um, cruelty, which we, baby. Which we have spoken of. Um, but not too much because it's sort of been very vague as to what it's about other than it's set after. Yes. Um, it looks like After it's... the original Watchmen by about 20, 30 years. Yeah, because we've got Jeremy Irons playing what pretty much everyone has decided is an older Adrian Veidt. But I don't know if that's been confirmed anywhere that I've seen. But it, yeah, it's, it's it not probably it's, is. it's not been confirmed anywhere that I, I or yourself have come across. But oh my god, sorry, he is though. I've just found out that Cats has been released the same day as the Rise of Skywalker in the <laughs> states. <laughs> that is goodbye, Cats. On, to their credit, that's some big dick energy. That is a bold move. But you know, like that is a bold fucking move. Look at Charles playing Toy Story and just take heed. <sighs> um... Yeah, it's, uh, it's been three days. Yeah. God, so much stuff. 
Sorry, days. where were we? <laughs> we we were talking about HBO's Watchmen. That's the one. Um, Doctor Manhattan? Question mark. Doctor Manhattan. I think that's a fake out at the end. I don't think that is him. He is just on someone Earth. painted blue picking up the mask. Yeah, but we see him. He is on Mars. He's on Mars. Is there life on Mars? Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Doctor Manhattan. Do we think this is a straight up sequel to the? I don't think this is a sequel to the film. No, it's a sequel to the book. Sequel to the book. I think if it was a sequel to the film. They would have brought Snyder on in some capacity as like exec <clears> or something, because um, they would have made a point of saying from Zack Snyder, the man who brought you Watchmen. Um, it's Which is sequel- kind of good because it hopefully means we're in a world where a giant freaking squid monster attacked yeah. a city. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, it also means there will be a smiley face crater. Um, yes. All that bull. You read into all that bullshit. Smiley like, face. It's too far fetched. We're not going to put it in. It's like. Oh yeah, it's too far fetched. It's actually a thing. Oh my god, um, it's too far fetched. Um, question is, will they have big blue dick energy? I hope so. And get his tackle out on well, HBO. It's HBO. It's HBO. They'll do dong. Oh my god, that's how they get the dong in. That's how they'll get their quota of dong. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan's dong. I need dong to Manhattan. I need blue dick. A big blue dick. Um, I would be. See, Minnie woke up when you said I need <laughs> dick. My little dog on heat went. There's dick. Where's the dick? You got problems. She's got um, problems. I. She I'm wants babies s- with Doctor Manhattan. I'm slightly disappointed that with it not being as sequel to the film, we in all likelihood won't get Billy Crudup returning as Doctor Manhattan because I actually really like Billy Crudup as Doctor Manhattan in that movie. Yeah, he's I, I just I generally like Billy Crudup in things. Um, so. That's how they do it, though. Like if we don't see him, see him, they could get Crudup to voice him. At yeah, least. maybe. Um, um, and so Laurie Blake is Laurie, um, Jube, just, just Pasek. Okay. She still expects her. Yeah. But with her new name. Yeah. Right? Yes. I think. Ah! Because her and, ah! her and Night Owl going to, because her and Night <laughs> Because her and Night Owl go into hiding at the end of Watchmen. Yes. Dan Dryberg and uh, Laurie Jaspetsik, I think I think her name is. I think so. Her, her mother goes by Jupiter because she doesn't want to seem Polish. Yeah. Night Owl's... What's the ship Laurie's, called again? Uh, Ar- Archie. That features prominently in yeah. the trailer. Uh, it's a nice design as well. Is Night Owl dead? Probably not. It's HBO, in it? There's a gang wearing masks. <laughs> People either die or get revealed to still be alive. There's a gang Drama. wearing masks who are a Rorschach cult. The police wear masks because the Rorschach cult attacked the police. So now I guess the thing is, where does the line between... Where does the police end and the mask vigilante begin? Uh, at the DMV. That's where the line ends. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by this. I think it could be interesting. Yeah, me too. I... See, I'm not the I'm not the biggest Watchman fan in the world. I love that book. I think it's very good. I think the film is pretty great. Like, I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan in terms of his aesthetic and his tone and approach, but I don't hate Watchmen. I think it's a pretty cool adaptation of a thing that should not really be adapted. The only logical way to adapt it, if you had to, would be to a TV series. Yeah, but I'm also a believer in the idea that there isn't anything that can't be adapted. True, but watching the film... I would argue, is a lesser experience than reading the book, and as a result, does bring into question whether it was a necessary venture. But, that might be why the TV series is a sequel. Because the creators of the TV series have gone, 
Yeah, we're not attempting to yeah. tell that. But I mean, none we'll, of this we'll, we'll is tell necessary. what happens next. None of this, nothing is. We'll get chunks of it in flashback. We'll die at some point. We will all die. We will all die. But until then, we we'll, can watch the trailer for HBO's Watch. Will we die before we get American Hero Story? Which I thought was one of the best side gags. No? Probably. I don't know. Will we? How long would that take? Did you not see that? I don't think I did. So in on the, these adverts on the taxi cabs, it's going past for American Hero Story. <gasps> right! Minute I was Men. thinking that. I was like, wait, have I missed a clip or no, something? No, 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 no. American Hero Story, Minutemen. Is in a new universe TV show. Yeah. Presumably an American crime story slash American horror story style. Is that the show with the dude of... who looks like a penis? I believe it is. That's Honey like, Justice. He's a, he's, a, he's a character in yeah. the Watchmen. But he's one of the uh, first generation superheroes. So why is he in a TV show? Unless it's just some clever editing about the trailer. Because the TV show is American oh, look, hero uh, story. Ah, okay. Men. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, that makes sense. God damn it. So we're going to see, see versions of those characters. See? We're going to see versions of these characters in yeah. some way, regardless. Yeah, I think so. um, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok opening. <laughs> Styly. <laughs> 21 Bridges. No. Okay. Oh, the film. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, thought, isn't... I thought you were offering me real estate. I was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with those. This also, isn't... I can barely afford soup. This isn't really in our wheelhouse. It's Chadwick Boseman stars in a uh, crime drama produced by the Russo brothers. It is a detective who is tasked with bringing in two uh, cop killers uh, before the night is out. Uh, and the 21 Bridges title comes from closing the 21 Bridges on and off the Isle of Manhattan. Looks like a cool, interesting, uh, possibly exciting crime drama with you know conspiratorial stuff. And it's a mystery. Who did the what now? And also stars... J.K. Simmons and Keith motherfucking David. Are you sure it's not in our wheelhouse? Because everything you've just said takes well, little pop our, culture not, and geeky boxes. It's not really a genre movie. True. It's, it's just, it looks like a straight-up crime drama. True, but we were talking about it when we were watching the trailer before. They should release a box set of movies that came into existence because of the MCU project and yeah. people meeting. Because Chef, arguably, came about because of John Favreau making Iron Man 2. Yes. Because of some shared cast members. And, and now he just decided crew. to do a show because he likes cooking. Yeah, because why not? <laughs> Screw it. Um, uh, John, Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing adaptation utilised a lot of cast members from uh, that first phase of Marvel. Notably Clark Gregg amongst them. Um, we've got the Russo brothers and mm. Marcus and McFeely have started a new production company together. So they can make films going forward, still working together. The the, the directors and screenwriters of all uh, the Cap films from Winter Soldier onwards and the last two Avengers movies. Yep. Um, so we've got 21 Bridges. There was another one as well, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, yes! Taika Waititi's Taika Waititi uh, new, new satire, which they keep making a big point of referring to it as a satire, because people will flip their lips. Yeah, because apparently you need to be told that a story about a kid whose imaginary friend is Hitler is a satire, because it's not fucking obvious. You mean your imaginary friend isn't Hitler? Well, to some people. Would you like an antihistamine? No, I'm gonna sure? go, I am going to go and get another beer though, and wash ah. my eye out while you tell the people at home <laughs> about the new <laughs> about the new BBC HBO co-production, which we have got a trailer for a proper trailer, not a teaser, mm. of uh, an adaptation of Philip Pullman's *His Dark Materials*. Well, 
We got a trailer for the BBC and HBO co-production of the adaptation of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials. You can do better than that. Can I? I don't know these books too well, but I do know this. Uh, Philip Pullman is a renowned author for young adults and, and uh, kiddie winkles alike, as well as adult fiction you too. But the... Uh, do you know what? Yeah, bring me a can, please, sweet lady. Oh, nice. <laughs> but um, I know this much. I know that The Golden Compass, which was one of the books in that series, was swept into the mid-2000s craze of let's adapt the shit out of every kid's book series we can because Warner Brothers are making all the money in the world with Harry Potter. So as a result, The Golden Compass was released as a movie and kind of did what all the films did with that same purpose and same goal around that time, which was it came, it went, it had its fans, but ultimately it remains forgotten. I mean, I thought it was all right. It was fine. It wasn't bad. It was fine, but it was it was like so many others, Spiderwick, Lemony Snicket... Like uh, Percy Jackson, rising. the dark is right. Oh god, that's the most egregious. Because it is just sort of, I don't get it. Why? And then you finish it and you go, oh, because Harry Potter. Like they even make the main character American, having moved to the UK, because they mm. were like, well, we want to sell it to an American audience, and we can't make all these kids British. But it was all they were also chasing the Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, well, that one especially, especially with this imagery and stuff. Yeah, they were, cha- they were, um, they were New Line were positioning it as the new trilogy. Yeah, and they were getting amazing actors involved. Hmm. Um, you know, Ian McShane's in that one. Chris Eccleston's in it, and not his finest hour. Because <laughs> just well, tonally, I think he was doing a different film than the visual style of the movie is. Yeah. Which is really odd, because it's like... Huh? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, what? It's um... almost like they never told him what the tone was, so he kind of is playing it more like a TV um, fantasy drama. And and it's like it just doesn't feel cinematic enough. I am looking at the cast for this though, and it is well, good. Our leads are Daphne Keane. Oh, by the way, she is British Spanish. Ah, you were talking about that before, weren't we? So. By Jiminy. Um, Daphne Keane's our lead, fresh yep. out of Logan. Lyra Alacqua. Uh, Come again. Lyra Balacqua. Oh, the character. Yeah. Uh, it was like you um, and her demon pan. That's the noise that uh, Jackie Chan makes. True story. Watch any Jackie Chan movie. When he's just making noises during the fight, the negotiated noise he always makes is the word pan. Okay. really strange. Whatever you say. Uh, He's also a fantastic choreographer and uh, a brilliant physical performer and a great physical comedian. He also um, doesn't speak to his daughter. So, um, you know, yeah, never learn about your heroes, um, folks. Who else never we got? learn about your heroes. Who else we got? We got um, Ruth Wilson as Miss Coulter, uh, James McAvoy as Lord Adriel, uh, Alimwell Miranda as Lee Scoresby, which is looking pretty good. <laughs> it's, a good it's a great ensemble. And again, I think, a, I think a nice variety of casts. Uh, I think Ruth Wilson's such a great choice for Miss Coulter. Though. Oh, yeah, well, you say before, because again, I'm not too familiar with the. The OG beyond sort of some of the film adaptation, but you you were saying that um, that was the Nicole Kidman role, yeah. And as soon as you said that, for some reason it clicked in my head because you know you can kind of picture actors within certain like you can imagine a Rolodex in your head of people who fit certain parts. You say to me, that I mean that is how a lot of casting is done. Well, to yeah. be fair. But you say to me, Ruth Wilson played a part that was originated in terms of the previous adaptation by Nicole Kidman. In my head, I was like, yes, and it's a sinister, yes. semi-villainous role. Like, that's Ruth Wilson, really, isn't it? Yeah, she can play them to a T, which is why she's been taking a lot more than um, a lot more kind of softer roles or like yeah. uh, um, 
leading lady in less mysterious circumstances roles recently because I think she's like, I don't want to be known as the bad guy lady. No, no. But I hope she still does bad guy roles because she's very good at them. Like, she's the Joker of Luther. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, And this looks really good. That polar bear, holy shit. Yes, I am. Holy shit, this is a TV series? Is this what we can do when that money's not just being spent on dragons? Because if so, I'm all for it. I'm looking to see if there's a voice actor listed for Yurek Bernison. Of course, because Ian McKellen Um, played him in the film adaptation. Yeah, but I can't see one. Um, I I can find... There's a voice actor listed... For your for Ragnarsson, who's his rival. Yeah. Um, but I can't see a voice actor listed for Yorick Bernison, so we'll see who is voicing him. Because, um, like I say, they've got, a, they've got a voice actor listed for one of the other bears, so they are doing talking bears. And also they've got the demons, and they've got voice actors listed for the demons, so... Maybe it's just Baloo. They've just hired Baloo. Hired Baloo. Yeah. Are you telling me that it's going to be Bill Murray? No, Baloo. Um, not Phil Harris, not John Goodman, not the dude who does him in Disney Infinity 3.0. Just, it's just hired Baloo. Just Baloo. Yeah. Look. He's out there. You know. His damn materials looks great. <laughs> and Baloo's going to be in it. <gasps> there he is! Ah, <laughs> He's up there! I see him! <laughs> um, Dancing so, away on his shelf like a happy little bear. You know that thing that horror franchises do? Where they get Suck. A, they get they get a few movies in and then they decide, oh, I know what we're going to do. We're going to do two sequels back to back. Yeah, so same on production costs. Yeah, yeah suck. Yeah, we're great. Yeah. Uh, so David Gordon Green's doing two Halloween sequels back to back with Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. Repeat that statement from the very beginning, bit by bit, and I will tell you where the pros and the cons come and go. David Gordon Green, director of Halloween twenty eighteen, director of Halloween twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. is a pro is doing two sequels. Shaky pro to Halloween twenty eighteen. Shaky pro back to back con. For release in 2020. Pro. It's Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. And 2021. Con. Halloween Ends. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis returning. Pro. Danny McBride still involved? I believe so, yes. <laughs> can he get a different co-writer? Or can him and his co-writer work with someone else? Because I like Halloween 2018 I, a lot. I like it a lot. But I don't want to have two more movies of the subverted expectation moments of like comedy and weird character beats. I don't think they can do that again because I think they're smart enough to realise that you can't... Because I think that what saved Halloween 2018 is that they were smart enough to realise you can't just do the same thing again. Yeah, but then they're doing two back-to-back movies, which means they're either going to be one film in two parts or two very similar films. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. How do you feel? You are the you are the resident Halloweenophile, as it were. I mean, I'm not really even a Halloweenophile. I've only seen the first one and the 2018 one. But you like John Carpenter. I do like John Carpenter. And you do put on a boiler suit and a William Shatner mask and stab people at Halloween. Yeah, well, you so. know. Everyone's got to have a hobby. Yeah. It's a shame yours is, is annual, really. Yeah. All that biding of time. I just wish it was Halloween more often. Yeah. I'm not sure the local neighbourhood babysitters do. Mm. I think they're quite happy to have a window. And yet they still take jobs. In the area, in October. Listen, it's sort of a rite of passage. Oh, in a way. Amongst the locals. I do um, like the fact Jamie Lee Curtis is back. I'm presuming the fact that she's signed on to both means she's a starring role. I do I'm like the loving fact... this uprising of older actresses in leading roles in genre and action and horror films that seems to be happening. I do like the fact Jamie Lee Curtis. 
Yeah, that, yeah. Street Fighter fan, Jamie Lee Curtis. Street Fighter cosplayer, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Curtis. Um, just wonderful Jamie Lee Curtis. Do you know who I? Was this out? Do you know who I give credit to for this trend happening? A trend which I hope just becomes a normal option of older leading ladies in genre flicks. Tell me, Insidious. Chapter three uh, made the I can't remember the actress's name, but the the uh, paranormal medium and investigator. Yeah, made I know her what you mean. The lead the name up. of that, and she was also, I believe, the lead of the fourth one, which I didn't see. But, I couldn't um, say for sure. Like that kind of started it. Like when you watch it halfway through Insidious Chapter Three, you're suddenly like, "Holy crap!" I'm watching a movie where a late '60s mm. actress is the lead in this horror film. This is phenomenal. Like, this is so rare. Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. This is such rarefied air. Mm. And, and you know, it's 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 good. Because like you were saying before, there aren't, you know, it's almost like Hollywood won't allow women of a certain age to partake. And I think that's... Especially if their lead star is a powerful Scientologist. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's one of those who's been... She's had such a career as well. And did a lot of horror, uh, particularly in the... Um, in the 80s and... Oh, of course, she's in Critters. Yeah. She's, uh... <laughs> and Critters too. Of course, I forgot about that. See, it's possible. Um, it's possible to tell stories for, for older women and with older women in the lead and then be awesome. So I'm glad that... I'm glad of these Halloween sequels, if for nothing else, that they're going to continue that by Laurie Strode being a main player. Oh, did I tell you that there's a, there's another Critters sequel this year? Yes, straight to video movie. We spoke about this briefly. Yeah, it's a straight to video yeah. movie that's a sequel to the film series, but has nothing to do with the TV series that's just been out. Apparently, it's not even that much of a sequel to the film series either. Oh god, so it's more of a, a soft reboot. Yeah, because Dee Wallace Stone isn't it, but she's not the same character. She's not the mum from the first one. We didn't talk much about Dark Fate actually. I don't think a new trailer came out. Did no, we? Uh, like they showed some footage. They, and did a panel. they said that Edward Furlong's in it. Yes, but we haven't seen any footage of him. We haven't seen any footage of him, and or any. We have not seen any proof of life for Edward Furlong in a while. I had to look it up to see if he was actually still alive. The uh, the so I wasn't sure. The theory doing the rounds is that John Connor dies, which is what changes the direction. Yeah, I feel like for for uh, Sarah Connor because she suddenly realizes, wait, this still happens. Yeah. Stuff is still coming back. Well, before this, in- so it's not my son who prevents Even it. Even before this info, my. A theory of the Dark Fate story is basically John Connor dies, Sarah Connor realizes that she's still that that it's still gonna happen, so she has to find the next leader. Right. And the way she finds the next leader is find out who the Terminators are going after next. Makes sense. Uh because there's also a lot in the trailer where because there's that pregnant woman that yeah. that Mackenzie Davis is um protecting. Yes. And there's a line in the trailer where they ask who Sarah Connor is, and she says, I used to be her. Right. Okay, that's a good shout. What it tells me is that it's another Terminator sequel, so it'll probably be shit. By law. And the Lord spaketh hope. unto man, yea, there shalt be only one good Terminator sequel. And once thine judgment day hath been upon us... There shall be now else. We can but hope, can't we, Minnie? James Cameron, of course, broke the news about um, Edward Furlong from the set of Avatar 2, 3, and 4. We, and Avatar has now been superseded by Avengers Endgame as the... Minutes into the Avenger, into yeah. the MCU panel. Like, the, Kevin Feige started the panel by saying, I've got word it's amazing what that we do. are about to cross it, so thank you all so much. And then, like, 10, 15 minutes into the panel, it was officially announced. It was like, oh! 
It's amazing what you can do when you're the biggest movie studio in the world and you re-release your tentpole film. Um, but let's just face it, as just a fan of films, it's nice to know that an entertaining movie it's nice is now number one. Yeah. It's nice to know that an entertaining Disney property is now a higher grossing product than a non-entertaining Disney property. Um, <laughs> That's true, because Avatar is now Disney! Yes. Christ alive. Um, we've got trailer for The Expanse Season 4, which is its first season at Amazon after it was uh, dropped by its old network. Resurrected by Amazon. Yeah. It Political looks... intrigue in the stars. Yeah, I've, I've seen a little bit of The Expanse, I've not watched a lot of it. This looks good. Looks Burn like Gorman the Expanse. looks to be Gorman, a, an antagonist or a primary force to be reckoned with in the series. So Burn Gorman looks to be Burn Gorman. Yeah, he's um, great. He is great. He is really good and needs to be more things. In fact, he needs to be more things, but he needs to be more things but playing his character he... from Pacific Rim. He is a... Well, he just, for no particular reason, sounds like a 70-year-old curmudgeon, even though he's clearly I in his 30s. fucking love him in Pacific Rim. <laughs> and the sequel, for that matter. Is um, he not Rising? Have you not seen Rising? No, I've had no oh, urge to watch it. it's good. I've had no desire I mean, it's to not, watch it's it. It's terrible, but it's really fun. I've had no desire to watch it after I watched a little video essay online where they spoke about camera movements in the first one and how they use the camera movement to really add to the weight and majesty of these beasts and these machines. And then they show some scenes from Uprising and it just looks like a fucking Power Rangers video oh, game yeah. cutscene. Yeah. In is, a way we sort of go, oh. It is absolutely so I not as well made as the first one. I did quite enjoy it though. If it rocks up on my Netflix or Amazon Prime, I'll give it a spin. It's John Boyega, man. See, I want to support John Boyega because he's great. He's great, in it? But I also don't want to support John Boyega if it means watching a film that it will be shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I, I enjoy. That's why I've not bought the Last Jedi on Blu-ray. So um, that's controversial. Yeah, whatever. Oof. I'm only joking. I've not bought Last Jedi on Blu-ray because I just didn't enjoy Oof. it myself. So I'm like, why would I pay top price for it? If I dig the Rise of Skywalker and decide I'd like to buy that, I'll end up buying the Last Jedi. Do, so I'll be like, yes, I want the complete story. The shade that your owner is throwing, Minnie. Do you hear it? She can't hear anything over the sound of the smell of dick. In um, but yeah, the Expanse season four. Looks, looks cool. That's cool. Um, I, it's, it, that trailer, what what you have done shown me, and the fact that Amazon have seen fit to go, we'll save this. They've got all the money in the world, though. Yeah, but they don't have all enough money in the world to do a third season of The Tick, do they? Yeah, so, screw um, those guys. Burn Gorman is a man who has made a career out of being born with a face like a snake. Um, <laughs> and, you've got and, to yet, admi- and yet has never played a snake. You've got to admire that hustle. That's true. You've got to admire it. No, don't, don't, you, um, mean, don't you mean hustle? Hustle. <laughs> oh, we, we, we respect the grind and the sidewind. Oh. <laughs> the Witcher from Netflix. Speaking of... Henry Cavin. Insert reference to reptiles here. Yes. Henry Cavin. Henry Cavin. Henry Clefchin. Henry Clefchin. <laughs> Henry, I'm the biggest boy in the playground. <laughs> um, Henry, big boy. Look, Henry Big Boy. Look, oh my God, can we call Henry Cable Henry Big look Boy? Look at the width on. of my chest. It's as wide as three barrels of fine ale. Um, <laughs> I am the size of a small car. <laughs> I am so muscular. <laughs> I know jack shit about The Witcher. <laughs> I've played at least but 30% this looks all right. of the main campaign of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. That's my experience with the franchise. I mean, Henry Cavill doesn't speak very much, so it's probably going to be good. But when he does, he speaks in a British accent, which is a shame, because I wanted to hear a 
weird American accent like in the game. Because I'm not a big fan of the Witcher series. Like I've played a good chunk of the third one because it was one of those must-play PS4 mm. titles and eventually I gave in and I went, I'd like to play that. So my wife bought it me for Christmas and I played a chunk of it. Big sprawling RPGs aren't my thing. No. Um, but I have enjoyed what I've played so far. The story stuff is good. They are and my jam, but I've just not got around to The Witcher yet. The creatures are freaky as sin. Well, which is why it seems odd that the trailer, which, which does make a big point of being more based on the books, the trailer saves. It, there's a flash of the back of something heinous toward the end. Yeah. And then at the very end of the trailer, you see this fleshy spider thing coming out of a little yeah. bog. And it's like, okay. But based on my knowledge of the franchise, I'd expect a lot more of that in the trailer. However, I have a theory. It could be Bernie's. I have a feeling that they are marketing it squarely toward Game of Thrones fans who don't have any more Game of Thrones yeah. to watch. In the hopes that they will forget that there's a prequel series coming and they'll go real. watch The Witcher. For real. I mean, right down um, to it being based on the phenomenal uh, on the phenomenal bestseller. Whatever yeah. it was. And like really hyping up the book and really hyping up the, the muted colours fantasy without too much visual fantasy element stuff. Well, I have a colleague at my shitty day job. Yeah. And she's a big Witcher fan. And she's also Polish, so she's read it in the original Polish and played it in the original Polish. Damn. It's, it's, it's written by Does Polish. Geralt still sound like this in the original <laughs> I have Polish. no idea. Um, and she is... I hear you have the best grog in She has mixed feelings country. about this. <laughs> because her... What's we'll she... meet in the pub. Quiet! <laughs> What she is worried about is that it loses its sort of Slavic flavour. I get that. Whereas there there a there's a vibe of, of that even in the third game. There's you look a vibe at most that. fantasy, the English language fantasy, and it's either very widely uh, influenced by sort of Celtic, uh, or... Celtic and Western European, yeah, sort of myth and history, or Scandinavian myth and history. Yeah. Whereas this is firmly Eastern European. Slavic feeling. Um, and if it does retain that sort of flavour, I, I think that would make me more interested, almost. Because yeah. that's what gives it its own unique... Um, Luster. Esprit de fantasy. Ah, yes. The old Esprits. Yeah. The right little, old the Esprits. It's little uh, fragrance. Um, but so yeah, Witcher. Could be good. Yeah. Could be shit. Trailer's not Who sold knows? it for me. Henry Cabin could go either way. Henry um, Clefton. Uh Season 3 of Westworld. I Absolutely impenetrable if you haven't seen the first two seasons. Yeah, I was sat there going... But not this, but not cowboys anymore? Just on the... On the only Series 1 mostly set in Westworld? Uh, no, Series 2 is mostly set in Westworld. Okay. I wonder if we're even going to set foot in Westworld in this third series. Because based on this, probably not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe. So yeah, for so slight spoilers. Well, actually, no huge spoilers. Season one and two, just to bring you, just to give you some context for season three. We're going to talk a bit spoilers about season one and two of Westworld. So just be aware of that for the next few minutes. Oh, go. So and poof. Westworld, the series is based on Westworld, the film, which is about a. Uh, robots going haywire in a theme park populated by robots where the rich people come into the park and kind of do whatever they want to. It's basically LARPing yeah. to the extreme for the rich. Yeah, yeah. And it's the idea of what you do in the dark. Who, who you are in the dark is brought out by mm. how you act in the Though dark. Though if I recall, the film doesn't get that deep. No, the show does. Yeah. 
because it's revealed towards the end of the first season of the show that there's two narratives taking place in different time periods. Ah, nice. With one character... Like in... Jigsaw. Yes. <laughs> with one character <laughs> at different ages in the two timelines. Mm-hmm. But, of course, all the hosts, quote-unquote, which are the robot characters, are the same age. Yeah. So the show um, deceives you into thinking you're watching two separate narratives happening concurrently. Yes. And then you get to the end of it and go, oh, shit. Yeah, and it be, and then it, season one ends with the uprising of the hosts mm-hmm. and the robot revolution. Okay, in the park in Westworld Park. Yeah. But then you also discover that Westworld isn't the only section of the park. There are other theme areas, right? And the one you, get, you see revealed at the end of season one is Shogun World, which which, you, which is feudal Japan, right? Which you visit in season two. Okay. You also in season two you also see I think they call it Raj World, which is colonial India from the early nineteen hundreds. Okay. Um, and in this trailer we clip we get some sort of Second World War world. Yeah. Where people can go and kill Nazis, presumably, which I imagine is quite pathetic. Um and then season two but the whole thing I don't want to is... kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. Nice. Thank you. Um so the whole thing is I'll punch a Nazi. Um <laughs> I'll punch a Nazi gladly. Season, and this is brought more forward in season two, but it, it becomes about the different motivations for people creating these, and they're they're not they're almost not robots because they're mostly biological, right? But they are also robotic and mechanical in a way. Yeah, um, it's sort of, they're sort of half between two. So it's like. People, the different people who had hands in creating them are creating them to create a new life form, to you know play God, mm. to and then which always ends well. Yeah, I know, right? And then to give them their own, you know, to help them self actualize and become their own babies, people, their own thing. Yeah, their own thing. Um, uh, no, 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 ting, ting, their own thing. Um, so there is a sense of that, and then it's also, but people also want to use them. There are human characters who want to use them as a means for achieving immortality. Like, can you use one of these things to preserve your consciousness? Mm-hmm. Um, and that becomes a plot thread. To so it, the point start, where... it starts out more psychological, horror well, sci-fi, as and the show goes on to like philosophical sci-fi. As the show goes on, it becomes a plot point and also a, a set of mystery. Some of which has been answered, some not so much as to which characters are human and yeah. which characters are not. Because nice. they are basically indistinguishable. Good. Good, good, good. Unless you are fucking dissecting them. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a shot in there, there's a Terminator homage shot with, with the arm, yeah. Like, sort of repairing or looking into their arm, and they, they pull out what at first looks like sort of muscle tissue. And then it, you get a little bit closer, and it's like the divided, lumpy bits of a scart lead yeah. in in a covered in blood. And you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's There's freaking some weird." Interesting stuff in here. Um, <clears throat> so, like scart leads. Aaron Paul's playing a character who, it, like, we're finally sort of meeting people who have have nothing to do with this. Yes, because most of the outside world that we've seen in the first two seasons has been the super fucking rich, the people mm. who fund the park, the people who go to the park. Mm. We haven't seen the working classes. That's what Aaron Paul's character is represented. Also, what we have is... Cowboy robots, yo! Cowboy ro- robot cowboys. You better say that. Um, I hope not. If he doesn't, I will not 
watch a show I'm already not watching. Um, <laughs> so the at the end of the second season, Evan Rachel Wood and Jeffrey Wright's characters leave the park mm. and take the sort of idea of the rubber revolution and they have their different um, outlooks on this into the larger world. And in the trailer we see the Evan Rachel Woods Dolores meet with Aaron Paul's character so presumably he's going to get dragged into it. Mm. And, um, Poor Aaron. Poor sweet Aaron Paul. And that's what we're going to get. <laughs> Tandy Newton's character is still in the, the larger park as a whole because she ends up in the World War Two era. Area. Yeah. I'm intrigued. It's it's a it was a great show. It is very dense. It's Jonathan Nolan so producers and showrunners. So every shot is so dense. It's he's he's got his brother's um, taste for um, ambitious storytelling. Shall we say? Yeah. Um, it could be good. It could suck. We'll see. Will now the next we? one we will. The next one, this is probably going to suck, but in a pretty really fun way. Oh? James Hunt Bob Reboot. You know, I, mm, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to suck. Well, I don't think it's going to be I don't good. Think, I don't think it's going to rewrite the rule book comedy or, or stamp its place on history, but i tell you why. I don't I'll know tell if it's going to be good, but I think I'm going to enjoy the fucking hell out of it. Tell you, yeah, I'll tell you why I've got a good feeling for it. Like, it, it's... It's the victory lap post heart attack getting all my friends together movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm as a result, I kind of, I kind of think it's going to be special in in the sort of same way that, um, that last ten minutes of Clerks two suddenly smacks you in the feels and you go, wait what? And the whole movie's kind of in, you know, donkey fucker jokes and all this, and then suddenly in the last ten minutes you kind of go, oh this is what it's actually about. Okay, um. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of heart, no pun intended, um, to be seen in this. From the trailer, it looks like it's going squarely down the gross out, fuck you everybody, here's an onslaught of shit that'll let you go, holy shit, kind it, of thing. Yeah, it opens with the uh, Silence of the Lambs reference. Yeah, from Clint to yeah. Which is <laughs> with David problematic, to say the least. Yes, but Jay, the character, is not a sensitive person. True. So, true. Um, true. Like Jay Muse does look his, weird with his new teeth. Yes. Which is weird. Well, what's weird about that is Jay Muse in interviews and everything, not so much. Like, I saw him in the flesh a couple months ago at yeah. the Frogger Bucket. Not so much. But as Jay, weird. And I think, you know what it is? I think it's because as Jay sort of naturally has a bit of a gurn going on anyway. So it's kind of, yeah. it just looks odd. But, they do look like the same stoners that we last saw preaching the Bible outside of movies in Clerks 2. And that's something that the trailer sort of doesn't touch on. I remember Twitter reacting like sort of, oh right, so what, oh, those four, pair of 40 year olds like pretending they're still teenagers. It's like, no, like you pay attention to the trailer or you read into anything like this is not a story about two people still pretending to be teenagers. This is a story about two characters who haven't grown up because they don't think they have to. So, you know, there's something about that. And, and we now found out what the plot's about. Well, we knew the basics. Jay and Silent Bob reboot is a sequel slash reimagining of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. In Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Jay and Silent Bob found out that a comic book adaptation uh, movie is being made of the comic book heroes they inspired, Bloodman and Chronic. So because they don't want to be associated yep. with it, they go to Hollywood on a road trip to stop the movie being made. In Jay and Silent Bob reboot, 
They find out a reboot of the original Bloodman and Chronic movie is being made, so they travel to Hollywood in a road trip to stop it from being made. It's sort of wonderfully kind of meta in terms of how it's critiquing mm. the the Hollywood sort of run of ideas system, whilst also itself being a retread of the same movie on purpose. It's like that's kind of great. I mean, let's be honest: is Kevin Smith? He's going to poke a lot of fun at himself. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is with Kevin, stocking trade, Kevin's really. journey over the last 10 years has been an odd one. Like, Red State is a great, tight, creepy little horror film. Yeah. Um, what was the next one? Tusk. Tusk. I like Tusk. Tusk is absurd. But it... Was it, it ever going to be anything well, but thing, absurd? It doesn't shy away from being absurd. Like, it, it really doesn't. When you watch it, you go, no, this this knows it's ridiculous. Like, when it's creepy, it's creepy. When it's goofy, it's goofy. It sort of tipped over the edge into Goofy a little bit more from Johnny Depp's choice to wear prosthetics. When it's Goofy, it's a really Goofy movie. Yeah. Goof troop. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a flashback. Uh, and uh, Yoga Hoses, I've not seen, but I get the response to it. It's sort of, it's trying to be something that isn't his style. And that was him just playing around, but it is kind of odd. This is the most Kevin Smith movie that we'll have seen since Clerks 2 on the basis that this is dipping straight back into the Viewersk universe. That alone makes me happy because I love those films. I absolutely love them. Um, I think worldwide Dogma is probably the most well-remembered and received of the bunch. I still think that's the best thing you've ever made. I like Clerks 2. I like Clerks 2 a lot. for, For me, I think that surpasses it, but only because... It was around that time that he started writing about personal experience. Mm. Like, obviously, Clerks was very much about personal experience in the literal sense, but this was sort of like in the emotional sense. Clerks 2 was a movie about 20 somethings stuck in a rut. Clerks, Clerks was that. Clerks 2 is a movie about 30 somethings stuck in a rut. One's completely happy with that rut, the other isn't. So it's sort of that story of, you know, getting older and time's changing and you're looking at things differently. Clerks 3 was going to be the story of 40-somethings who think that they might have wasted their life was the premise of it. Like, that was the premise of Clerks 3. And Clerks 3 will be finally debuting as a charity reading to save a theatre in New Jersey next week. Tickets were going $100 a pop. Interesting. And Kevin's hosting it and doing the... the reading the uh, the stage directions and everything. Um, he's announced that it will have a cast, so presumably Jason Mewes, Brian O'Halloran, um, possibly Rosario Dawson, because blink and you miss her. She's in she's there. She's in this, so she's, she's reprising her role from Clerks 2. Brian O'Halloran has also been announced as being in Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Yeah. And he's, so and he's, presumably that's their house. Brian O'Halloran has always been adjacent to... Kevin's work. Uh, Kevin's work. He's, a, he's also... And, and Jay's work, because he's also in... Uh, Madison the Method. Madison the Method. Um, yeah, he, he did the stuff with uh, Volga and stuff. Like he popped yeah. up in the, the work of the other guys. Like, uh, and again, I think it's because he's just one of those actors. Who's just like stage, little bits of TV. Oh, you guys do another film? Drop me in it. Yeah, fuck, great. Let's do it. Like, it's it's a power to him. Um, the reason Clerks Three isn't happening has never been made outright official, but it's been alluded to uh, that it is because one person doesn't want to do it anymore, and without them, it wouldn't work. So you do the math. It's Jeff Anderson, who doesn't look to be anywhere near this. That's the forget the Affleck glimpse and the Matt Damon glimpse and freaking um, what's it? Thingy Chong and everything in the trailer. Yeah. Like forget all that. If Jeff Anderson cameos in this, 
at any point, that's the cameo where I'll be like, well done. Yeah. Because he's, he's, it's just not his thing. Like, he loves acting, but it's not his it's not his bag, it's not his world. But the reason Clerks and Clerks 2 work so well is because of Brian as, Ran- uh, Brian as Dante and Jeff as Randall. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't be the same without him. Um, and he didn't do Clerks 3 when you put everything together because, again, it was just taking too long. He didn't do, he didn't do nearly didn't do Clerks 2 for the same reason. Just taking too long to get it together, and it was one of those where he's like, "I'm committed to this," and then eventually, like, "No, I just I'm not waiting around. Forget yeah. it." Um, so if he shows up in Strike Back, that would be nice. Uh, Strike Back reboot, that would be nice to be like, "There he is," especially because it's a sequel to Strike Back. Dante and Randall are in Strike Back. Well, yeah. So you know, um, but yeah, cameos galore. Craig Robinson, freaking um, Joe Manganiello, uh, uh, David Smolchin, Fred Armisen. <laughs> uh, Shannon Elizabeth is back. The uh, the the reboot Blood Man and Chronic are being played by Val Kilmer and Melissa Benoist. Yes, which is genius. Um, Jason Lee's back as Brody. Um, it looks like Matt Damon is Loki. Yeah, uh, but Ben Affleck is back as Holden McNeil. Uh, fuck, Stanley was going to be in it, but because he passed away before they shot, he apparently. There is a big ass shrine to him, and in the first ten minutes, there is a bit that is specifically about Stan. So, like, it's it's the King of Cameos is still in this movie posthumously. Um, it turns out his last cameo might actually be in uh, Madness and the Method. Yeah, of that's course, his, that's his last because he's done all his Marvel. St- he did all his Marvel stuff before he passed away, up to mm. and obviously wasn't around for the shooting of Black Widow, which is the, the once called a shooting of Far From Home. Yeah. He must be in Far From Home somewhere in some capacity, but I've not. I didn't be, spot it on my some, we'll, we'll find him in the. We'll find whatever mark he's left in it. We'll find in the. Uh, in the in the DVD release. But I know, I know what you mean. Like this isn't this movie ain't going to change the world. And it could be shit, but I. I don't. I'm know. looking forward to it. Some, I, I'm going to enjoy it. Some about the fact that it's his post heart attack. Get all my friends together to do this one more. And time that thing. it looks like it is exactly that. Let's get all my friends together and have some fun. Like and we, and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back was the end of the View Askew universe. Yeah. Then Clerks Two was like, actually, we've got one oh, more thing yeah. we want to say. This now kind of feels like the after party. And it would have been nice to see Clerks Three and see how Dante and Becky and Randall had developed as people. Yeah. But eh, this will this will do. Think Joe Casada will have a cameo in this as a pizza delivery man. One can only hope. One can only dream. Especially Joe Casada. Uh, he's not doing anything else at the moment. Let's be yeah, face yeah. it. Yeah, busy. Um, um, he ain't heavy. He's, he's my, my brother. brother. Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. <gasps> Fuck me sideways. Looks great. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. What more can we actually say about and it? I Not like much. the fact that the trailer is attached to the end of a little featurette about... Well, it's already had Here's a, how we made this. It's course. already had a proper trailer. Mm, but like, This is just a Comic-Con sneak peek. Yeah, but I mean, like you sort of... Purposely because you get like the glimpse of them... Doing the running and things like that. Well, that's partly one of that's one of the things that makes it so exciting. Yeah. yeah, all practical. I I know a few people who have worked on this. It is as practical as they come. Um, I'm really excited. Digital for it. work has only been used to remove creases and and green screen elements. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of matting in it, which is understandable. This is a real, real solid world, and as a result, it looks so exciting. Um, and Louis Lettieri directing. Yes. And he makes a great point in the featurette they released for Comic-Con, which is like, I want people to watch this and almost immediately forget that they're watching puppets. And then they show that trailer reel and you go, yep. 
<laughs> yeah, these are living, breathing creatures. I believe this. Um, if you want to get hyped for it, you've got a month from now to, before it hits Netflix, go watch the original. The series is a prequel, so yeah, go watch the post-apocalyptic, like, what happened years later version that already exists on DVD and Blu-ray, and then watch The Age of Resistance when it comes out. It looks so good. I'm really jazzed. And also, uh, next month, uh, or it's tail end of this month, no, it's the tail end of next month going in September, there's an exhibit in London, a free exhibit that you can go in and see props and costumes and puppets from the show. Oh yeah, I saw an ad for that, yeah. So, might have to, tri- might have to do a road trip one weekend or something to get a dark crystal on. Okay. Rub up against the Skeksis. Want to rub up against that dark... I'm going to grab a gelfling and crystal. stick it in my butt. Pardon me for that. Awful bell. She was very rude of me. Um, <laughs> it looked like... Smell like Gelfling. Smell look like Gelfling. Smell like Gelfling. Um, <laughs> a few TV trailers we can sort of rattle through because we have not got a great deal to say about them. <laughs> um, other than they look mostly interesting. They look like things. Uh, Snowpiercer. Cool. A TV adaptation of the graphic novel which was previously released as a film starring Chris Evans. Is it a one-off series adapting the graphic novel from beginning to end? Who knows? Because this is one of those where I'm like, this is a great concept, but I think a film might be a more concise way to tell the story. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Jennifer Connelly in it. Sets are amazing. Yeah. Like, it must have been an absolute nightmare to shoot. Like, for such sort of condensed sets. Mm. Must be a lot of forced perspective to make that work, otherwise... I don't I don't think you get a sense of scale, though, of just how big the train is compared to the passengers. Mm. True, true. I think, the, I think the train is a lot bigger than we think it is. Speed, need, greed. greed. Mead? Mead, maybe. Um, looks fine, looks good. The Flash, season six. Yep. Bloodworks, it's The Flash. We're getting a season six of The Flash. I have no interest in it. I'm happy it exists. We both fell off at the end of Series 3. Same goes for Season 8 of Arrow. Like, I have not particularly any interest in Arrow, but I'm happy it's there because people like it. Yeah. Um, and it's this... cool that we're, we're getting to the season finale of a show about Oliver Queen. I know, right? Like, rewind before the show existed and think if that would ever have been a possibility or something you could imagine happening. Will it happen? It's one, it's one of those things like, I've not really got any interest in Supernatural, but I am glad that there is a space in this world yeah. for a show about two brothers who hunt demons to have 15 seasons. Over what, like 14 years? Yeah. It's mental. I, 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 that's brilliant. That's mental. Um, but I'm happy for them. Even if I'll probably never get around to watching it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, never say never. Um, Supergirl season five. Looks she's cool. Got, she's got a new costume. Lex Luthor's back. Lex Luthor in power armour. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's from this season or if that's... a shot from an older season um, with a lot of these Either trailers way, I'm like I'm looking set- at these and going is that from this season or is that stuff from an older season to establish what is going I, I don't I mean, no. either way, well, CW sizzle reels are always weird. Like, yeah, before the series starts, they'll do a sizzle reel where it'll be like a trailer, but it'll be a five minute trailer that shows you. Yeah. Like, I remember watching the Supergirl season one sizzle reel. Yeah. And it was basically the pilot condensed into five minutes, and you're like, and it's like, why? How much of this is recap? How much of this is new stuff? But either way, CW DC shows. Happy cool. for them. Cool. They're st- Amazing that Legends they of Tomorrow still is still being made. Yeah, but I didn't see anything from Legends like this. Although, of course... Oh, Black Lightning. I'm not sure that's a CW show. No, but it is in the Belanti that they've confirmed since. Okay. It, it's, it's not going to cross over with them anytime soon. I'm not sure what's going on with Black Lightning. It's on Netflix, I haven't watched it. I'm surprised you didn't get any Batwoman footage. 
No, they've done a full trailer for that. We've got some like little tiny snippet trailers, but like nothing plot-wise. Like there's one with a bunch of people getting Batwoman tattoos. Right. Like, a, just going to this tattoo artist and he's like, oh, here's another one. And he's just giving loads of people these Batwoman tattoos. And then... <laughs> Meanwhile, Batman is somewhere off-screen for yeah. legal reasons going, hey. And then Kate Kane's like, oh, this is really popular. And then she's like, walks out all smiley because everyone's getting tattoos of her symbol on her. And like... <laughs> well... Her symbol. Yeah. Um, and what's this? A copyright notice from Wayne and Enterprises? No, right. Uh, well, the, the, the trailer that they did for it a couple two months ago now was uh, like, oh, the bat's deserted us and he's not coming back. So the basic idea is that Batman is Does Batman exists, but Batman exists. But they'll but never he's... say Batman outright for legal reasons. Well, but he's retired. Which is so dumb. So Kate Kane takes up the Batman. Ah, ah, you see, um, yeah, it fine. I'm interested in it. I'll it be interested to see when it comes around. Um, finally, of the trailers and footage that we did before we get into the the big the big panel, we're big. only Hoo-ha! we're only an hour and a half into the show. We're about to get to the big one. Um, <laughs> Harley Quinn, the animated series from DC yeah. Universe. How are you feeling? I like the style, the art style, a lot. I think it looks cool. Yeah. It's sort of a step above the DC animated uh, straight to DVD films. How are you which feeling people about... love, but I find mostly bland. Um, How are you feeling about Kaylee Cuoco's uh, Harley? Don't give a fuck. I don't uh, know if we get enough of I, I need to see more clips, really, but it just... Yeah. She's the second Big Bang Theory alumni to play the role in the last few years, and neither <coughs> voice has said Harley to me. I get that they want to mix things up, and I get that because it's, it's that kind of thing. It's it's the classic Warner Brothers thing that they do with the DC animated originals nowadays, which is yeah. we will cast names in these roles, Maybe. and it doesn't always pay off. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't work. They cast a lot of CW big teenage drama shows and occasional movie stars in them, and it doesn't quite work. Uh, Crisis on Infinite. Uh, no. Uh, not Crisis on Infinite Earths. What was the Crisis with Owlman, the DVD film? Crisis on Two Earths? That's the one. Crisis on Two Earths. Um, James Woods in that is Owlman, for example. It's impressive that James Woods is in your straight-to-DVD animated movie. But at the same time, his performance isn't particularly standout in any way. And that seems to be the tradition. It's, oh, we're going to cast this person. Oh, we're going to cast this person. It happens all the time. Uh, Return, not Return to Arkham. Um, Assault on Arkham is a DC animated original straight-to-DVD movie that isn't in the continuity of the others. It's in the continuity of the Arkham games. And it's a nice little PS. It's basically a Suicide Squad movie set in the Arkham world. And it's a nice little, you know, side thing. But they recast some parts. Like, I can't remember who it is, but someone else plays Riddler. And he sounds and acts nothing like Wally Winger, who is the Riddler in those games. Who has that incredibly annoying voice, Dark Knight! And all that stuff. He, it's just this, like, hi, the is hi, I'm Edward Nigma. I'm, I'm the Riddler. Hello. It's just like, what? And I read into it, it was like, oh, it's someone from a CW show. Right. Harley's in it. She's the main character. She's not not voiced by Tara Strong. It's like, why? And it, it, Oh, it's somebody from a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't... A big name does not necessarily a good voice actor make... It doesn't make sense. And that's the main takeaway I'm getting from this Harley trailer, is that it doesn't sound right be it the casting basically if it ain't cast by Andrea Romano 
openly without an interference. They get it wrong. Um, but also, it just feels like it's... Let's show off how much we're going to swear because we're going to do that because it's an R-rated cartoon. It's, it's, it's the Torchwood effect. Yeah. Fucking Torchwood. Fucking 30 torch seconds wood. in, we've set the tone. Um, do you know what I mean? It's just, I... I No. And I like the book that it's leaning into. The recent the recent years of Harley, the New 52. The Let's Make Harley Deadpool. Yeah, like, I, I read the first two years of that and I had a great time. That's fine. But, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, no. But, no. No, 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 no. Hopefully it'll make some cool action figures, though. Yeah, maybe. The designs look pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But in terms could have put of... the money into another swamp thing, but whatever. <sighs> uh, so, a needle pulling thread. The big one, the one we were all expecting. Marvel Studios. Oh, oh. oh I thought it was the, they... the shadows panel we were going to talk about. <laughs> Apparently, people are shouting "bat" at Matt Berry on the tube yes, pretty frequently, which makes me very happy. Um, but. Uh, me and, and they're also filming series two right now. Me and Kanisha are considering uh, what we do in the shadows, Halloween costumes. Do um. it, do it, <laughs> and make out the party invitations in creepy paper. <laughs> crep, 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 crep paper. Creepy, creepy paper. That the, the <laughs> my uh, I think my favorite thing about the watching that. Oh, I've seen images from that. What we do in the shadows panel is that Kayvan Novak does not wear a wig and fake beard. Yes, Fernando, he just grew it out and yes. looks incredible. It suits him. It <laughs> just, freaking suits him. He looks him. like a fucking wrestler. I'm assuming, it's I'm assuming there were some wig extensions maybe for that first series, but he's obviously just grown it out. It's, since. it's really good. It's um, a good look, man. It suits it. it. My god! And what I love about that as well is that panel was happening concurrently. With the Marvel one, like that one started like a minute after the Marvel one oh, finished. Oh Jesus! So Taika Waititi is there for that like final moment of the Marvel one and getting that photo, and then he ran out, grabbed a drink, changed shirt, and went to join the What We Do in the Shadows panel. Brilliant! Which is great. Oh yeah, because we got some good Taika news. But we freaking did. We'll Jojo Rabbit. To that. Um, let's let's hit him up. So Marvel Rock up. Marvel Rock up in Hall it, H. It is. This could have been a victory lap and nothing else. They've they could have just rocked up. They could have just rocked up. Put the end game logo on the screen. Is that an and just Kevin Feige could have just got his penis out and everyone in that hall would have filleted and it. Just just whirlwinded it. Yeah. Just windmilled it round. Just windmilled it round and everyone yeah. would have blown it kisses. Like that, I mean, that they could have that could have been the panel. That could have been it. And we all would have gone best it. panel of the year. Because <laughs> Marvel don't do Comic Con every year. Marvel Studios don't do Comic Con every year on a big way. Like Marvel Television does stuff. Like Agents of Shield obviously pop up like yearly, and and the Netflix shows have had panels, but they tend to they tend to have panels more at New York Comic Con. But mm. you know they do that. Marvel Studios doesn't really do Comic Con. Doesn't really rock up. But when it has, it's been fucking notable. Back in twenty thirteen, yeah, back in no, uh, back in twenty thirteen, uh, no, back in twenty twelve. Uh, Loki came out on stage, yeah, in full Dark World costume, in character, to prevent to prevent to present the first sneak peek of the Dark World about a year and three months before it came out, because they were like, we've got some footage, fuck it, like we've already started filming it, here we go. Not? Um, Why you know, what I mean, like, they, when they when they go big, they they go, they big. do go big, they do go big. Um, like the reveal of Brolin. 
Yeah. A couple of years back as being Thanos. No, it would have been 2014. It was pre-Guardians. Pre-Guardians coming now? Oh, God, no, it was 2013. Yeah. 2013. Oh, my God, six years ago. 2013, Brolin just came out. They announced that he was playing Thanos and his first appearance would be in Guardians of the Galaxy. And he came out wearing a giant Infinity Gauntlet prop. Just, like, gave everyone a thumbs up with it and stuff. It was like, this is great. Because Josh Brolin is the brolin Don't give a fuck. But they don't do every year. And no. they haven't really needed to the last couple of years because they've not wanted to give anything away, what with Infinity War and Endgame. They've not wanted to spoil yeah. anything. Well, now they've come to the end. Endgame is the big finale of Phase 3 and arguably the first 10 years. And then, and then the beautiful little coda of Far yeah. From Home to, to wrap things up and call it a day. Absolutely. We finally hit, as we've discussed before in the podcast, a period of, what's next yeah. then? What we, do we, we do now? We don't know for sure. We fucking know now. Oh boy, do we. And even then we don't know entirely because at the end Kevin Feige just casually drops another few things that are in development. So. A needle pulling thread. Get your mouth around this. Um, do, you want to, do you want to hit us with, uh, have you got the lists there? I've got the list, I've got the do list. Do you want to hit us with the plus shows first? The plus shows first, okay. So. Because Disney Plus starts later this year. And the first Marvel project starts on it early next year, is and that the, right? Uh, no, the first, the first Marvel show on Disney Plus drops with Disney Plus. So in November? Yeah. Oh my god, so we're getting The Mandalorian and this. I might not be day one, but it's going to be before in the, the fir- end of In the first, oh, is it year one release? Because it could be any time. It's fall 2020. Oh shit, are we getting Disney Plus at the end of this year? Yeah. It's 2019. Oh yeah! Oh shit! I'm I'm a year ahead. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, because yeah, no. the, the big the big launch. Sorry. The big launch um, incentives are the Mandalorian. Yes. And Lady and the Tramp remake. Sorry, we are getting. Sorry, let me rephrase that. The two things they're releasing, one of which sounds interesting, one of which sounds the Lady and the Tramp like a Lady and the Tramp remake, are the Mandalorian and the Lady and the Tramp remake. Um, yeah. Um, but we're we're getting next year, sort of late summer, early fall. Um, the first full-on show, which is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So basically, Captain America the TV series. It's post-Endgame. It's probably going to be about Falcon working out how to become Captain America. Mm. With, with Bucky. With, we with, finally with, have a project with that Bucky. is Cap and Bucky. Um, to shenanigans. We've got... Um, the <clears throat> return of Daniel Brühl as Zemo... With the ma- purple mask, that's kind of all we they, know. They showed footage at Comic Con, including they... Brule putting on a purple yeah. mask, which we've seen an image of on Instagram since. I think Daniel Brule showed up on Instagram. He, uh, he's, uh, he's done it since then, yeah. Because yeah. they've begun shooting it, but they're not in the thick of it yet. Um, he gave away on the IMD boat interview with the Russos and Marcus and McFeely when he popped up. Anthony Mackie gave away that he tried the costume on at his house for the first time a week ago. So two weeks as of this podcast coming out. Okay. So he, like, the costume, which says to me, not Falcon, <laughs> says to me, goddamn Captain America. I'm interested so, to see that. That sounds about right for a TV production thing. Like they don't, Unlike film, TV production isn't necessarily, here's all the elements, and now we shoot, TV mm. tends to be, here's what we need for the first block. Let's get going. During block one, here's what we need for block two. Yeah. So... 
yeah, it's um, it is it is happening. I can't wait. Sebastian Stan and Manti Mackie rocked up at the convention and made an appearance, said hi, and presented footage. I think most most of uh, the cast of these various projects appeared. Yeah, or uh, with or, some surprises. Yeah, well, because yeah, yeah. uh, Sharon Carter's back in this one as well. Uh, doesn't mention it here, but they, it they revealed that me. they revealed that last month yeah. that she was coming back when they revealed that Daniel Brühl was. Oh yeah, I think we well. mentioned that actually. Um, um, so. Star-studded affair. Star-studded affair. Spring of 2021. Yeah, boy. Division. Hate. Hate that title. I like it a little it. more, and I'll tell you why. Why is that? The logo sold it to me. Yeah, I guess. The logo... Traditionally, the logos tend to change um, with Marvel announcements. Uh, at least the ones prior to the 2015 big reveal announcement. Like, yeah. all the ones prior to that had different logos by the time the film came around. And some of them in that are different logos. Like Thor Ragnarok's title treatment and everything was way different. But WandaVision's is a neon light like a 50s diner sign. It's one word with a capital V for Vision. Um, but around the eye of Vision is like a little RKO style like transmission little signal thing coming yeah. out. Which to me has made me like the title more weirdly. Because it is, it's not some weird hybrid of their names. It's, it's alluding to something. So I don't think the vision. I think the capital V is misleading us. We know Paul Bettany's in it, but the capital V is not standing for Vision. One Division is the title. This is another post Endgame series, which makes everyone go, "What? But Paul Bettany's in it? Um, the Vision will be in it?" It's obviously, like, with yeah. with the Scarlet Witch taking the the, the lead. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen is back, baby! Uh, and also, not for the only project. Also joining the cast is uh, Tiona Paris as the adult Monica Rambeau. Fuck yes! So the ongoing story of the absolute standout adorable young cast member of um, Captain Marvel will continue in WandaVision. Which says to me that Captain Marvel 2 is not happening Right away. No, it's not on the slate immediately. Yeah, but it so, is happening. That makes me happy. Will she be superpowered? Will she be Captain Marvel of a she different universe? Somehow become spectrum. People because well Oh no, fuck that. Just go just go all like Captain Marvel. This this ongoing thing is now about legacies. Well also just be Captain Marvel. Also Scarlet Witch is appearing in the next Doctor Strange movie we also learn. Yeah. The title of which which I will get to later would indicate that there is some um, multiversal shenanigans going on here. So the speculation has been that uh, one division will be spin out Scarlet of or Witch. lead into. I think it's leading into. Yeah. Uh, so Scarlet Witch will um, be scouring the multiverse for the Vision. Mm. So that might be how we get. And based on that fifties aesthetic and everything, I bet we're going to get some of that recent Vision solo series aesthetic of him, like in a polo yeah, jumper. So. Well, we've already had him in a. In a bloody jumper like that that whole pipe smoking sat by the fireplace watching an old timey TV kind of vision stuff which would be nothing quite as satisfying as uh, vision in a sweater Um, Loki again spring of 2021 now this Tom Hilson popped up for this and he's like oh yeah so you know how uh, spoilers for Avengers Endgame um, in that time travel sequence Loki gets the Tesseract back and disappears well that's what this show's about hmm Oh god! So yeah. that's interesting. It's it's it, it is indeed spinning out of that moment, uh, which might explain why there wasn't like any post credit scene to show what happened. They were just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, we, we've got a whole post credit scene. It's actually going to be a whole show on uh, this thing called Disney Plus, which we're launching. So uh, subscribe to that, and you'll get to see it. Um, 
So, but yeah, not much more to say about that. What if? What if what? What if? I know, right? An animated, I know, right? An animated anthology series narrated by Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher, as Uatu the Uatu Watcher, the Watcher, being like, "Oh yeah, so this thing that happened in MCU film, whatever." Uh, what if this happened? You remember how Steve Rogers was Captain America? What if that experiment failed? Erkstein survived, and Peggy Carter became Captain America. Now yeah. that's just me speculating, but on that cast list is not Chris Evans, but Stanley Tucci and Haley Atwell yeah. and Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yeah. One of the most popular what if storylines of modern times was what if Peggy Carter was Captain America? Yeah. They love Hayley Atwell so much that even though her show stopped, they keep Everyone bringing her back. Everyone loves Hayley Atwell. Of course we do. She's freaking adorable. She's a national treasure. She's an international treasure. I'm just saying, that better be one. This is the one, this is the show that I'm so surprised more people aren't talking about. And I think, I think they're just sort of dismissing it a bit because it's animation. But look at that cast well, list. animation allows Rucker, them to get these people Sean back. Gunn, Watiti, Hemsworth, Johansson, L. Jackson, like, freaking me sideways with this. Michael Douglas alone is someone that makes me go, wait, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's surprising that they've done it. But I'll tell you for why. Because these guys have been told, hey, we'll pay you this to record for how many days? And it's part of the MCU thing. You want to do it? Great, let's do it. And then they've gone, right, who can we get? We've got them. Let's write these stories. Yeah. I am most excited, weirdly enough, because Karen Gillan's on there, bless her heart. Oh. But I am most excited for the fact that fucking Josh Brolin is one of the cast members. How is that not exciting more people? That's a what-if story with Thanos in it. Okay. Like... What story are they going to tell? Okay. And knowing how many cast members they've got, this doesn't exclusively mean that each person is going to anthology style just be in one episode. Some of these actors could be in multiple episodes. The possibilities are literally endless. Imagine if the freaking like, finale what was, what if, like, what if Thanos succeeded and we get a story where Endgame doesn't happen but something in the traditional what if style. It's never just what if that happened. It's always what if that happened, and then this happens. And yeah, have to do it. Like Thanos doesn't destroy the stones, or whatever. What if we get what happens next? What if we get the Mad Titan becoming mad with power? You know what I mean? Like or becoming madder with power. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they, they indulging madder with power. Um. I mean, Tucci, the Tooch, the Tooch. They're gonna do an, a period piece Captain America story. Holy shit! I'm, I'm excited. I'm so fucking excited for it. If. I guess we're getting Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> right, let's talk about the movies. No, there's more TV shows. Let's talk about another one. Hawkeye. Oh shit! I completely forgot about Hawkeye. <laughs> Everyone forgets about Hawkeye. I wonder why. Jeremy Renner returns in Hawkeye, a show where they gave us no other details except that it is set after Endgame, and it will feature as I the other was... main character. Kate Bishop. I thought it was set in between Infinity War and Endgame. I thought it was about Ronin. No. Post-Endgame. Post-Endgame. Are they all post-Endgame? And they announced that it is taking its inspiration from My Life as a Weapon. Which is a weird fit for the MCU version of Hawkeye. In a way, but it depends on how you contextualise it. 
I think it's, it's ta- I think it's taking its draw in terms possibly of tone and the Kate Bishop angle, not so much his situation or his his life. Yeah. Um, but I'm like the Hawkeye of of the Matt Fraction David Ayer run is he's a fucking schmuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this Hawkeye might be a bit of a mess now. Like it it might be less of a he's a bit of a schmuck and more of a he's a fucking destroyed man because his best friend sacrificed herself and he feels the guilt of yeah that. It could be a, a building up story, but all I know is they use the logo from the Fraction series. Yeah. And um, Jeremy Renner ran from the back of Hall H to the front <laughs> through the audience, high fiving people. Um, and it was like standing ovation. And it's just that wonderful thing as a massive Marvel fanboy of old to be like, Hawkeye, Hall H man. just gave a standing ovation to Hawkeye. This makes me so happy. Hawkeye. Um, is that it for the TV series? That is it for the TV series. There's yeah. five, five confirmed TV shows and six confirmed films. Hells yes. So Matt. let's get into those films. Chronologically? Uh, yes, release date order. Cool. Not chronologically in terms of the panel order. Oh, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah, chronologically. Yes. Um, release date order. So May 1st, 2020. The currently in production Black Widow. Whoa. Directed by Kate Shortland, written by Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson. Scarlett Johansson, uh, obviously reprising control as Natasha Romanoff. And playing a tree. Uh, <laughs> of course, why Scarlet, not? Scarlett, we love you, but keep your goddamn mouth shut. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, You're problematic. Apparently set between <laughs> uh, Civil War and Endgame. Now, that was what intrigued me, because they said they're going to tell the story of Budapest, but Budapest happened mm. pre-Avengers, unless this I think is... we're getting some flashback stuff. Possibly. we got... We got we got in the cast. We got Rachel Weiss. Oh, we yes, got please. David Harbour. Oh yes, we please. got Florence Pugh. Are they just filling it with people I fancy? And is got, that what's happening here? And we got Ray Winston. So yeah, they are. Oh yeah. Did they announce Ray Winston? Yeah. He's in it. Damn. Okay. Um, um, for ages, the rumors have circulated that David Harbour will be playing the Taskmaster. That rumor was false. However, He's the Taskmaster is in the, the movie. Is in the movie. As seen in the footage shown to Hall H with and uh, apparently an. Uh, an a, a white Iron Man suit, not with, with skull, skull on it or anything. No, no skull, no decor. But he did have a cape and a sword. Was it definitely a he? Well, that's the question, isn't that it? Is the the question. Iron Man costume. Well, that to me is kind of great because what did we see in Civil War in the final fight? Tony, but- when he's up against Cap and Bucky, turns on a protocol and the suit starts to mimic. And adapt their style of to fight back. Well, how do you do the Taskmaster in the MCU? Give him an Iron Man costume that copies, duplicates, and mimics the moves of his opponent. Wrong. Oh? How do you do the Taskmaster in the MCU? You just do the Taskmaster. Fair play. <laughs> Who is David Harbour playing? Uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed. It has. They announced it on stage. He's the Red Guardian. Yeah. Alexi. Or as the internet kept affectionately saying afterwards, don't you mean Sergei? Sergei. Uh, that was quite Smirnoff. good. Smirnoff. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Uh, um, and he's got a sweet-ass beard for the role as well. He's got like a sort of trimmed-as-fuck square goatee with like lighter hairs in the middle. He's always got a sweet-ass beard as fucking David. <laughs> he always has. Uh, I'm guessing Johansson's in wigs because she had her like sort of short blonde uh, hair at the con, but we've ah. seen set photos of her in... Uh... I found the set photos of Taskmaster in a tank. Shut the front door. <laughs> oh my god, show me. 
Yeah, it's like an Iron Man armor, isn't it? Yeah. Look at that. Well, definitely, I think there's some skull, skullishness going on there. That's some skullishness. Oh, they're playing more on the blue of the costume than the white. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm gay. Yes. Um, Florence Pugh um, is playing Yelena, what's her face? Yelena Belova, the, uh, who the, in the second comics Black Widow. Took over after Black Widow quote-unquote died? Yeah, she was also a villainous Black Widow. Yeah, she was in the Thunderbolts during the Norman Osborn Dark Reign and things yes. like that. Um, yes. I'm intrigued, man. I'm intrigued. I'm surprised we didn't get a teaser, but at the same time, I get I, um, it. Like, Far From Home is still in cinemas. It's doing its thing. I'm surprised it took so bastard long. What's the betting? We will get our first trailer coinciding in the weeks leading up to and coupled with The Rise of Skywalker. It's out in May. We'll get it before the end of the year. Mm, I don't know. Definitely. I don't know. I think they'll make us... I think they'll leave us long enough to forget and then they'll go, Oh, by the way! It's, it's out in May. We'll get it before the end of the year. What are we getting after that, Matthew? After that, on? November of next year. Based primarily on the Neil Gaiman run of the same name. Presumably. Oh, they said of the thing, they're using okay. Neil Gaiman as a template. Yeah. Um, the Eternals? Yes. To which many which is... comic book fans, even seasoned Marvel ones, go, Who? What? <laughs> Bat! <laughs> um, so. <laughs> the Eternals are basically a similar idea to the New Gods because it's what Jack Kirby did at Marvel after he came back from DC after he left Marvel. Yeah. He left Marvel, went to DC, created the New Gods, came back to Marvel, created the Eternals. Think Greek mythology meets space. Yeah. And add to that the fact that they're kind of tied into the Celestials, which we got a taste of in the two Guardians movies. Um, Our our, our theory... Uh, we've postulated a little bit is that it might be the story of an everyman character being brought into this world so that we have a window into it and it's not just a cold introduction well, to the, the scale. Well, the Neil Gaiman story is about the Eternals, someone having made all the Eternals forget who they are, so they're yeah. rediscovering who they are. Yeah. Um, so we could be going down that route. We have an impressive as hell cast who they've only confirmed a couple of the roles. Well, now they've confirmed them. Yeah. Now they've confirmed them all. Oh, hit me. With your rhythm stick, um, have you got them there? Well, first of all, we got Chloe Zhao directing. Yes, From a awesome. script with uh, Matthew and Ryan Furpo. And, so the casting, Angelina Jolie is indeed in it. And she's playing Thena. Oh! Not not Cersei. Okay. Thena. Okay. Uh, joined by Salma Hayek. Oh. As Ajax. Hi. Leader of the Eternals. Hi, Salma. All right. Richard... She's not physically Madden. here, but yeah. it's because of the lawsuit and the Richard Madden order. He's a Karis, who's the eternal everyone knows who looks like He-Man. Uh, um, Kumal Ninjani, it's King Sunen, who in the comics is an eternal who spent most of his time in Japan, so he's a bit samurai. But odds with Kumail Ninjani being a uh, uh, South Asian, I would probably tweet that. Um, Brian Tyree Henry is Phaistos, who is the Internals version of Hephaestus. All I know is Brian needs to be more things. Yes. <laughs> uh, Liam McHugh is Sprite. Don Lee is Gilgamesh. And Lauren Ridloff is Makari. Start shooting next month. Hot diggity. Um, I'm Game of Sin. Game and Sin. Um, 
But only because, again, the ball's on them for this. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're back in that territory now yeah. of, oh, you guys are comfortable with all these heroes you love? Cool. Here's some new shit you've never heard of. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. It's it's a really deep pull, but it's a more interesting pull than Inhumans. Yeah. Because it's not as well known, and Inhumans wasn't particularly well known, but it also means they've got a lot of freedom with it. The adaptation can be the central word here. Yeah. I'm game. I, I can't wait. And bringing the cast out was sort of that declaration of intent. Of, and that is... They're getting ready. Well, yeah. Also, it's... Um, I believe it's uh, Leah Mc, McHugh is a deaf actress. Yes. So we've got uh, our, our first, first... deaf character and... Deaf actress, deaf character. Deaf actor, yeah. Um, in yeah. the MCU. I'm going to double check that just to make sure I am right about that. I believe it's true by Jiminy Joves. This is the white music. Go out and buy Michael Giacchino CDs. Um, I don't even know if that's true. Hey! I am just. But what is true? Uh, it's the next movie. <laughs> yes. Um, right. Yeah, it's quite. Meets. Yes. Meets. Good sir. Meets. Next one is. Are you ready for this? If I remember correctly, the next one is uh, our first primarily Asian and Asian American cast. Oh yes. Uh, our first story again delving with a. A much lesser known Marvel property outside of the comics. Oh, yes. But not only that, they are tying it into existing history of the MCU to create a hybrid of, here's a new thing, but it's going to also be about an old thing which we can't do anymore. Don't worry about it, folks. You're going to get your answers. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. February 12th, 2021. Out of the films, I think it's safe to say this is the one I'm the most intrigued about. Very excited for this. Um, Shang-Chi is the Master of Kung Fu. We've spoken about this before. This was one of the few films that was confirmed to be happening, but we didn't know anything beyond that. No, Uh, we knew that they'd put the casting net out for it. Yeah. Um, Our lead is being played by a dude who was jokingly propositioning Marvel (laughs) back in late 2018, saying, guys... Guys, you want to talk? Uh, Canadian a- Asian actor uh, Simu Liu, uh, who is uh, a member of the cast for the Canadian comedy series Kim's Convenience. All right, yeah. he, he is our Shang Chi, master of kung fu. Yeah. Um, not only that, Aquafina's in the movie. Aquafina is in the movie. Her role has not been uh, confirmed, but we can assume that she's the slightly lighter touch to the story because there will be a bit of the sort of atypical master-student self-importance thing going on when it comes to the Kung Fu side of things. Oh, I was completely it is wrong, about... by the way. It's not Liam McHugh's the deaf actress. It's Lauren Ridloff who's playing Makari. Ah, I'm an idiot. Sorry. That's all right. You're not an idiot. But you are... I got them wrong. Also in possession um, of the casting of a very significant Marvel character. Because we're meeting oh, yes. Shang-Chi. Oh, yes. And we're meeting, um, that you know, his world. But his story, as the title suggests, is going to delve into the Ten Rings. Which we now know is a terrorist organization from Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, sort of, 
stealing the name of an ancient order of legend. In fact, in Iron Man 3, they stole the name of the figurehead of the Ten Rings mythology. And he weren't too happy about that. Yeah, he weren't too happy about that, as we later found out in uh, Hail to the King. Yes. um, On the uh, Thor the Dark World Blu-ray. When Trevor Slattery's... uh, Trevor Slattery, Ben Kingsley's character was taken away by somebody who wanted a word with him about his role in imitating the Mandarin. Yes. Turns out, all you really angry Iron Man fans are still not over it, you're going to get your Mandarin. Yeah, you are. The Mandarin's in the movie. Tony motherfucking Leung will be donning... Legendary fucking Chinese actor. Will be donning the Ten Rings, man. He's going to be donning those ten rings, presumably of power. You can fucking look at Tony Leung's filmography, eh? You're going to cast a Mandarin. You're not just casting a Mandarin on the second go around because you want them to be like, I'm a terrorist. Uh, the ten rings are a symbol of the organization. No. 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 Those rings are going to be... No. Goddamn. <laughs> Super powered, I bet it. Like Kung Fu versus... Um, what's it? Kung Fu versus alien mysticism. Yeah. In the non-racially charged Do you sense. think we're going to get Fing Fang Foom? And the, I and hope the, so. And the, and the McLuhan's the dragon, the dragon, the race of dragon aliens he gets his fucking rings off. I really do hope so. I hope we go. Well, I mean, we've got aliens in the MCU now. Like, we can totally delve into that. It's possibly. Um... I'm just, I'm just excited. This is the one that interests me the most out of all of them. In all honesty, it's just, it's got me, it's got my spider senses tingling. Mm. Uh, and I can't wait. I just can't wait for this one. I, I, I'm really excited. And after that title, you. I thought that, hey, the movies can't get oh. more promising. Oh, no, and no, the no, titles no. can't no. get more wacky. No, no. So. <laughs> uh, Scott 7th. Derrickson. May 7th, 2021. And Returns. this is why I believe that WandaVision is leading into this. Yeah. Scott Derrickson returns with presumably right. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So, oh, Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. No. No. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which sounds like a goddamn Doctor Strange book. Yes. Schumagarath or GTFO? <laughs> yes. You do not do a film called The Multiverse of Madness and not, and not do Schumagarath. Well, the MCU tends to not repeat their villains too much, so I don't think we're expecting to see Dormammu. We might, but not as the main antagonist role. But they haven't announced Shiratel as year four. No. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mordo is definitely in this. The only casting that they've confirmed is obviously Benedict Cumberbatch and Anna Elizabeth Who rocked Olsen. up and went, hey everybody, Anna Elizabeth Olsen, who came back out on stage to be like, hi again everybody. <laughs> I'm in this one. I'm also in this one. I'm a magical character. Scarlet Witch is doing a Ragnarok Hulk kind of team up where they've gone, we've got these rich characters everybody loves. Why Let's don't jam we them bring together and some of them yeah. into the other projects? This is uh, which aiming... benefited Ragnarok no end because everyone remembers it as that really cool Thor movie that the Hulk's in. Yeah, I know, right? And everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, that Doctor Strange nightmarish horror movie with the Scarlet Witch in it." Like, people yeah. are really jamming for Nightmare. 
for this. It's been a rumour. I'm not massively fussed. I'd like to get Shuma Garath. Maybe not... Maybe, well, Nightmare could be the main I, villain, but I'd like to get well, Shuma Garath. I want Mordo for main antagonist. I mean, Mordo's, Mordo's going to be the bad guy, let's be honest. It's not often that we've had um, MCU movies where the hero has faced off against their biggest nemesis and it's been a strict sort of one-on-one scenario. Yeah. Cap and Red Skull in the first... Uh, Cap. Thor and Loki, sort of, in the first Thor. Yeah. Um... It's kind of it, really, isn't it? We've not really I had think... them go toe-to-toe with their main villains, the other properties, at any point. I think we're... Like, even Ant-Man wasn't like, let's let's bring in some Ant-Man villains. It was, no, let's just bring in a different oh, identity of Ant-Man. imagine Ant-Man if Egghead was the villain? Um... Egghead is in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah, of course he is, he's, isn't he's it? He's Ghost's dad. Oh, yeah! In the flashback. <laughs> so he's in there. The MCU Eggman exists. Oh. Uh, I mean, even Black Panther. Like, Black Panther, you'd, you'd, for his, his main enemy, you'd probably go for, you know, Umbaku... Um, as he's known in the films, or you'd, or you'd go for Claw, and they were supporting players yeah. <laughs> in the film. Um, so it'd be kind of cool if we do get just Strange V Mordo. I'd be like, yes. I think we'll probably get um, Strange V Mordo, but Mordo's got a guy behind the guy. So the guy behind the guy. Well, traditionally, like Mordo has, has done Dormammu stuff on behalf or... of Dormammu, so yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, you trust Shumagurath because you want some Cthulhu-esque nonsense. I want some tentacles, mate. Oh, oh, do you? I want some tentacles. After I, I watched The Void this week. Oh, is that full of tentacles? It's got, it's got some fucking tentacles in it. Is that, the one with the po- is that the one with the posters just The Void and it was just tendrils? It's the triangles with the... It's a triangle with the tentacles. Right. Get hold of it and give it a watch. It's fucking worth I watching. I don't know. I've seen enough um, anti to know where this is going. No, 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 no. no. It's non- I don't want that kind of tentacle. Absolutely not. No no penile tentacles. Thank you very much. I didn't say penile. Um... It's amazing what, what it's implied. amazing it's amazing what a creepy little That's dexterous tip can do. What you implied. Not at all. Um It's what you thought up, you dirty minded individual. So Speaking you know dirty talked, minds. You know we talked last week about Thor 4 and yeah. coming back. Yeah, and his dirty erotic fanfiction. Thor <gasps> Love and Thunder It sounds like a Jason Aaron arc, doesn't it? It sounds like that that sounds like it should be on the side of the spine of a trade. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Well, it's funny you should mention Jason Aaron. Yeah, because Taika Waititi mentioned Jason Aaron. Because we are getting the well, return let's... the return of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, bless his cotton socks. The return of Tessa Thompson. Bless her amazing grade. Uh, she is... Her action figure for the Marvel Legends has finally been revealed, like, full-on Valkyrie <sighs> armour, and it's got, like, these two amazing braid sculpts, and I'm geeking out of her toys, sorry. As the new <laughs> king of Asgard, she's going to need a queen. Yes. Been confirmed by Kevin Feige and Tess Thompson as going to be the first openly LGBTQ Marvel hero. Which was... <laughs> which upsets Captain Marvel stands because they're like, but those two are meant to be together. It's like, well, nothing says they someone, can't uh, be. Someone did a great tweet of like imaginary dialogue from uh, a Thor and Valkyrie scene. It's like Thor barges into Valkyrie's room. Why are you naked? Valkyrie. I have no clothes. Thor opens her closet. Oh, but of course you do. You have this one and this one and this one. and Oh, hi, Carol. And this one and this one and this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, that's really fucking good. Well, it looks like we're going to be getting this 
before Guardians 3? Or possibly, oh, we'll or possibly, Guardians 3. Or possibly just after, because I know Guardians wasn't announced on the slate. Well, Guardians but, is but, announced on the slate because he's got to finish The Suicide Squad first. True, this but that, is coming out that has November. begun photography. This is coming out November of 2021. He's not going to have time to finish... True. He's not going to have time to finish The Suicide Squad, get post-production out of the way, gear, re-gear up pre-production. I know it's mostly done, yeah. but redo pre-production for Guardians if anything, and then, then shoot it. And this then means, because he's, he's, James Gunn hasn't said explicitly, but he said that Guardians will not be as Guardians of the Galaxy. So... If he wants to keep his as close to the original as possible, you need to write out Thor. Yeah. Well, maybe you have a scene setting up where Thor is in his life at the start well, of this. You, you, you get a fucking cameo and you get the Guardians in, the, in Love and Thunder briefly. The question is, though, which Thor? Because, the Thor, the Thor boys and girls. By Chris Hemsworth, Thor Odin's son. Mm. Or the Thor as played by Natalie fucking Portman. Returning as Jane Foster to take up the Thor mantle. What? And underage sexists on the internet lose their shit. I am, I am not realizing so that Chris Hemsworth is also in the film. I'm like, well, even so, like, no, it's so stupid that the, that the reactionary stuff did happen, but to a lesser extent. I never than, understood than... the um, the backlash against female Thor because. Oh, no, no, not from those people. From just general movie girls yeah. who are sexist and shit. Like, the same yeah. people who bitched about the aerial casting and stuff are going like, why do you got to be a woman now? They don't get it. It's like, guys, your character, the one you're referring to as apparently being usurped, is still in the movie and is called Thor. The, 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 Guess what? You're getting two Thors. The whole thing in the comics was, and I need to go back and reread this because I've only read the first volume of Jason Aaron's Thor with Jane Foster as Thor? Thor Odinson is a, an individual. Yeah. He's an Asgardian. And he becomes... But he also takes the mantle of Thor. Thor yes, is a position. The God of Thunder. The God of Thunder. So Thor becomes... Thor Odinson becomes unworthy. Yes. And Jane Foster takes up the hammer. Yes, because whoever holds this hammer should, square brackets... They... They, square brackets... It is, they, it is they in the films... It is there in the films. It was in the, he in the comics until they did this. Yeah. Whoever they... Uh, should they be worthy will wield the powers of Thor. That... Beta Ray Bill becomes Thor because, in all but name. Because he, he borrows me all there because he's worthy. beats the shit out of whatever's and then when Odin comes to collect Thor basically from that adventure he's like, you know what? You're great. Boom. Here's your own Mjolnir. It's called Stormbreaker. Oh, no. No. Enjoy. He makes... He makes Odin's son and Beta Ray Bill duel out mm. for, to, to be Thor. Yeah. Like, oh, guys, like, that what happens before the... Yeah. yeah. He's like, nah, you're both worthy, so let's see of you who's the most worthy. And, like, pits them against each other. And everyone's like, Odin, you're a dick. And he's yeah. like, yeah, no. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I am. I know. Um, like father, like son, eh? Um, so... I was having breakfast with my mate Zeus. We were swapping yeah. stories about how rapey we can be. And how much... How, how arrogant dicks are our sons. Um, oh, can't wait to get an MCU Hercules. Father, um, I've returned. Oh, shit. Um, um yes. yes oh my god now you've said it I want it MCU Hercules uh please played uh, by John but... Cena <laughs> and also gay as the days long please yes um, played by John Cena can we yes. have more gay in my MCU John Cena uh, um, John Cena a like very loud um what's it ally proponent and activist for LGBTQ causes yeah immigrant stuff like he's, he's basically he's that one all American symbol who keeps going yeah but you you guys do realise all that prejudice shit you're doing is un-American I'm going to fight for the opposite side of that it's like 
Yeah. You're amazing. I want him to play Hercules. Well, one of the most. Po- I want him to play as gay as the day is long Hercules in the MCU. One of the more one of the more well received versions of Hercules recently was the Extreme X Men series that he did a couple of years back. Yeah, where it's a dimension hopping X Men, but Hercules was a character and it was in a relationship with his university's version of Wolverine. Oh my god, that's freaking adorable. Um, as weird as that sounds to say, but that's yeah. adorable. The idea that there is a Logan out there who actually finds love and contentment with Hercules of all people. With Hercules, it's perfect matching. Um, <laughs> of course you yeah. find love except with Hercules mead all night long November 5th hang out with gods and superheroes we're getting fucking Taika Waititi doing another Thor movie with Jane Foster Thor Jane Foster Thor <laughs> what could possibly get better well um... I love the title as well the fact that it looks like Thundercats and, yeah and, it's so and, and fire and ice and things like that I it's just, got that vibe to it I just so <laughs> Not on the slate, but still coming. Kevin Feige confirmed. We're still doing Black Panther 2. We're still doing Guardians 3. We're still doing Captain Marvel 2. Fantastic 4 is coming. And he also mentioned mutants. Mutants are coming. So whether or not we're getting... I think think that's a hint. I think we're not getting an X-Men movie yet. No. But the mutants are going to be established during Phase 4. Yes, I feel like all that we're getting multiple... Mutant <gasps> characters across multiple <gasps> films. Oh my god! I've just had an idea for what the next like end of end of phase kind of connecting story could be. What? Well, what's happening now? They're setting up mutants, right? Yeah. The idea that they are out there in the world. Imagine if they start seeding that through these stories. Yeah. They're also setting up that Scarlet Witch is now getting involved in dimension and reality hopping. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Imagine if they did House of M. They're going to do House of M. Holy shit. For those who don't know, House of M was a storyline where basically Scarlet Witch was not in a good place and was being kept to one side by her father, who I guess canonically they can do now if they want. Well, they've re-retconned it so it's not Magneto anymore. In the comics. In the comics. They could totally do that in the But they could, they could totally do that do in the films. Because their parents died in the bomb fallout. Yeah. Apparently. But there's also the thing of... If she is... Yeah, she's not in a well place and her powers get triggered like freaking crazy while she's in the Magneto's watch and the universe is splintered into a brand new timeline. But also she goes... don't exist. Oh, no, no, the mutants do exist in the House of M timeline, don't they? Because they reign supreme because Magneto's sort of manipulated yeah, it's it. it's a universe where mutants are the ruling class. Mm. But it's not as dystopic as Age of Apocalypse. No, but it's that thing where certain characters know something's wrong. Yeah. Like Wolverine, it, Wolverine's healing factor yeah. keeps healing his brain so he knows because it's tish, essentially what's happened is everyone's brain has been damaged slightly to to not recognise any telltale signs that there was a different life Yeah, but Wolverine keeps healing and he's like this isn't right and you find out that other mutants with healing factors are feeling the same way because like Mystique is realising there's something yeah. wrong and it's like oh shit and, there's, and there's, it was a great excuse for them to just every book to be different for a couple of months and was, tell weird stories I, I Spider-Man was a mutant TV star but he, he had was to, not actually yeah, a mutant he had to pretend he was a mutant yeah to not be fucking destroyed his like bodyguard is Rhino and he's married to Gwen Stacy and god there's some cool stories during the House of M thing like the House yeah, of M experiment and then it all good. ends and at the end of it Wanda in a horribly sort of like um, traumatized and tranced state basically whispers the infamous words at the end of the event mutants no more no more mutants no more mutants and boom suddenly 
like only a tenth of the mutant populace still exists. De- deactivates the uh, the X gene and reduces the worldwide mutant population to one hundred and ninety eight. Yeah, which is a fucking shocking story that you could do in the MCU, where maybe if you're introducing mutants throughout it, I think then that happens though. and the Xavier School becomes like a safe haven. I know. I think I see. I think you do it backwards. I think yeah. she would create create mutants. a universe with mutants. And somehow... They've always been around. They've always been around. But they were erased somehow. And then when we come out of that universe, they are there like they always were. Yeah. God damn it. But that's how you get them into that universe, having always been there, but without... Yeah, it's how you wreck on the memory. Write it now. Well, that's amazing. That's all they announced. That's absolutely everything they announced as they handed out Black Widow caps to the audience as a souvenir. Everybody in Hall H got a Black Widow baseball cap, an official baseball cap for the film, based on the ones that I'm guessing everyone's wearing on set. Like, you yeah. Know. That's really cool. Oh, but wait. There's someone else over here. Oh, yeah. Let me just bring out my friend, uh, said Kevin Feige, let me gesturing bring, stage left. Let me bring out my friend, Oscar winner, Mashala Ali. Who's already, who, who's already been in the MCU. He played Cottonmouth yeah. in Luke Cage, but who, as we know from Luke Cage... With Alfred Woodard. Some of these actors get given a second bite of the apple to play different roles. Well, after winning his second Oscar, mm. um, he comes to... He, he comes out and Kevin's a, like... They have a conversation. Him and Kevin Feige have a conversation. Kevin Feige's like, okay, what what, what do you want to do? We, you, you, can't blank, blank yeah. check. What movie do you want to do with us? And on stage, that took the form of, you got a different hat there. What, what hat have you got? As Mershala unfolds his cap, sticks it on his head, and the cameramen working the, the, the shots for those big screens in Hall H earn their paycheck that night as everybody looks very fucking closely at the beautiful logo on his hat, which then forms on the, wor- the words on the screen behind him. Blade. Blade. Fuck. The MCU version of Blade. Now... I'm in such a weird place with this. I really want to see it. And I think Doctor Strange in the multiverse is gonna, of madness is, is setting set us up. Because it, Scott yeah. Derrickson said that was is going to be the first horror movie of the MCU. Yeah. Unless the rumours are true and they're going to be retconning new mutants to be a, an MCU movie. I don't think um, they are. No, same I think they'll probably just ignore that. I think they'll just zap it into non-existence. Straight hey, to video. Pay all the cast members like five million dollars each, <laughs> random, just and a random extra payment, and go. Never, Shut up about new mutants. Never talk about this again. Shut up about it new mutants. Didn't happen. <laughs> uh, Josh ne- Boone. Who's Josh Boone? <laughs> and then just quietly put it out on Netflix. <laughs> Sorry, who's Josh Boone? <laughs> oh no, that's just my slave. <laughs> oh God. Um, oh, but uh, yeah. So it, that that alone is great because it means that this might be that you know this this will fit in great. This will be the second horror movie. It's not got a set date yet, but that no. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to yeah. Because follow the, look the at ones how that they've announced the last when they announced Phase Three. Mm. Look at how much that changed around. It's entirely possible Blade could come out like twenty twenty one because the, the way the sla- well the way the slate's mapped out at the minute is it seems to be like two a year yeah so you could totally slot a third and or fourth in if you wanted so I'm excited again phenomenal actor he's a great choice for the part over on Twitter someone's been bitching can so, you guess who no he hasn't though mm? 
Did you see the tweet? Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Wesley motherfucking Snipes. Wesley has... Tax Dodger Snipes. See, I found this. Wesley, really entertaining and really good in the first two Blade movies, Snipes. So... Emphasis on in the first two. In an interview, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly... Yeah, when was this? Uh, the news. This news article is from yesterday. Oh, okay, right. Interview. Okay, can I, can I, can I, can I say my thing? Because okay. I think my thing precedes this interview, so I'm interested to see how it developed. Okay. He tweeted about a day and a half, two days ago. Um, just like the tweets are something like, "MCU, what have I said before? We've been down this this path already." referring to the fact Blade was recast for the TV series, which was not mm. to do with the films anyway, but that was the point he was making, because even around that time, he was like, why is it not me? I don't get it. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Wesley. Because they can't afford you, Wesley. Yeah, and also, you were an absolute cunt to everybody on number three, so why would they want to work with you? But apparently, he has had meetings with Disney in regards to Blade in the last year, so there must have been some, like, oh, we might be doing this, not the other plans. Um, he said, like, what have I said about this before? This, not the other, blah, blah, blah. And he posted the gif of some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. And it was just followed by a torrent of tweets from the people he was clearly, like, signalling to. Going like, Wesley's the one blade, this is fucking ridiculous! Yeah. Boycott Marvel! And all this, that and the other. No. Right, so it sounds like he's been told or requested to do an interview. Interview with Entertainment Weekly. Okay, this is juicy. Right. To all the daywalkers losing their minds right now, chillax. Oh! All the news comes as a surprise, it's all good. Such is the business, inverted commas, of entertainment. <sighs> Much peace to the MCU crew, always a fan. Honour and respect to the Grandmaster Stan. Congratulations and salam to Mashallah Ali, a beautiful and talented artist whose expressions I look forward to experiencing for many years to come. Inshallah, we will someday work together. Most importantly to my loyal fans, the incredible outpouring of love is overwhelming. I am grateful for the never-ending support. So now nah fret, now nah worry, it's not the end of the story. Welcome to the Daywalker Cleat. Someone's had a wrist slap. <laughs> that, that stinks of someone's been told to shut the fuck up. Well, somebody needs to pull Wesley Snipes in this place now. Well, let's think, what, what studio released Blade? New Line. New Line. Who's the distributor? New Line. Completely on their own? I think so. I wonder whether or not they were owned by Fox. Because if so, Disney's his daddy, and Disney could slap the wrist and go, dude. Actually, I think Blade Trinity definitely is under folks, because that was them soft-piloting yeah, Ryan maybe. Reynolds to play Deadpool uh, in an as-then-yet-unconceived as yes. project. Because um, he was told that they were looking at Deadpool, that Ryan wanted a shot at that, so they said, we'll play this character in Blade, and you'll be first in line to get a look in. You'll be first in line. Cock juggling thundercunt. Um, cock juggling thundercunt. That sounds like someone's had their wrist slapped. It really does. Quite possibly. Um, oh god. Which sucks because I saw a lot of people suggesting and I agree with them. Uh, Make uh, him uh, Whistler. Uh, uh, Cast Snipes as Whistler. Uh, yeah. Like, because then it's within the realms of casting and the realms of films it's a legacy shout. But also, it's the MCU then nodding to the fact that Blade kick-started this whole shebang back in 2000. Uh, back in 99. Like, Blade is the... Oh, was it 98 Blade, actually? The first one. 
97. So was, Blade, Blade kickstarted this. It was around this. the same time as The Matrix, so it might even have been as late as 99. I think it was pre-Matrix. Yeah, it was pre-Matrix. Yeah, so it could be 98. I don't know. Yeah. But point, point is that like Snipes and that Blade kick-started the run that gave us X-Men, that gave us Spider-Man, that started it. Like, Blade is the match striking the, the matchbox, isn't it? To what yeah. we have now. Like, that's the... Here it is. Yeah. Um. So, give him some due, but... Yeah, don't cast him as Blade. Fuck that. Well, the thing... <laughs> the thing with Wesley Snipes is if they cast him as Whistler, then that would make Sanala Than Whistler's mother. contact at gmail.com you yep. can tweet us at big damn cast on twitter that we're on twitch.tv slash big damn stream and you we're in know. your nightmares and your dreams you know we'll see you next time <laughs> i am so good at this